BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Well, good good morning. I hope everybody else is having a uh, a good morning. Man, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I can't even. I can't even let him get. Like, I'm. I'm sorry. I. I just wasn't sure where we. Where, where the emotion was going to be. I, I. I feel it from. Go ahead, my friend. Go ahead. Oh, Fitzy. All right. Uh, let, let me just give it some house cle- housekeeping, and then uh, I, I'm sorry, guys. I got to get to it. I mean, when Figgy led with the game, I just was about to puke again. Oh. We come from the, uh, we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com, we're going to help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be, fellas. As always, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, all you got all your protection in one place. Bundle and save. Progressive.com. Fitzy. Figgy. Uh, that's the crew. I'm cuz. Uh, I, I, you got a guy has got to forgive me. I got to get this off my chest. So I'm, I'm extremely mad at my manager. All right. Rob Thompson. Topper. As we affectionately call him in Philadelphia. And for those people who don't know, I'm from Philly. And, and uh, this... Phillies, I love the Phillies, and and uh, you know, listen, I can I channel my inner twelve year old sometimes with the sports team because I'm still a sports head, and I, I and I love this stuff, and the the series tied two two, and it's ridiculous 
that it's tied 2-2. So, Fitzy, let me take you back to game three. All right, Phillies are up 2-0. You go into Arizona. All right, Topper takes out both managers. All right, take out their starting pitchers with low pitch counts, pitching really well. Do you remember that, Fitzy? Yeah. Okay. Uh So knowing that, and this is what drives me insane, like why I get filled with rage, because you got three straight games, all right? You got, you know, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, all right? So you know that game three, four, and five are back-to-back-to-back. Now, if you're Arizona, you know, as much as I think that move, taking out that kid who was pitching the gem, was weak, all right? And and I still go, I, the analytics, man, I, I, just don't, I just don't feel it sometimes. But they're, 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 that's, the, that's the series. So he's got to manage for his life. So, all right, it's almost excusable. But Thompson has to take out his starter with a low pitch count who is pitching terrific. All right. I, I hated the move. You, that's what he always does. But then you burn your best pitcher. All right, Alvarado, Fitzy, Alvarado, who's a big lefty, who's just nasty, right? Like, you watch him. He threw two two innings. Knowing that you're up 2-0, knowing that you got three, uh, three, four, and five back-to-back-to-back and a bullpen game looming. Why in the world? And your closer, Craig Kimbrell, has been leaking oil all year. It was a matter of time before he imploded. Anybody with eyes, any kind of feel, knew that Kimbrell could implode on you. So why in the world would you throw Alvarado two innings? Answer me that, Fitzy. There is no answer for it. I think the... The hardest part about that is the aggressiveness in the game plan overall, right? Because you can't look, to your point, you can't look at any one game in this situation. When you're up 2 nothing, have the chance to go up 3 nothing and really put the nail in the coffin on it, I think you do have to be more aggressive. And the reliever game, I like the way you said that because we all knew last night was going to be sloppy. We knew it was going to be ugly, and we knew that it was going to feel like a flip of the coin sort of game. Anytime you get into a game that everybody's a little uncomfortable with the rotation and the way it's going to look, that just means that you're going to have unpredictable baseball, right? So take the things that you can predict and rely on them too much. That seems like a simple process when you're talking about what a difference, because let's be honest, no matter how we got to where we are at 2-2 in this series, 3-1 feels like, hey, everything's in control, we're just fine. 2-2 feels like suddenly the world's falling, everything, nobody has any idea what to expect, what the hell's going to happen. Like The Phillies last night, I don't think overall as a team played, let's say, the best. It was sloppy for them as a team, but you had to expect that going into that game. So I, I think you're right. You go back uh, to the game before and you look at it and say, why, why then – why in that situation, and why not be more aggressive when you have the opportunity to actually make the definitive statement here that hey, we're going to take this thing. This thing's done. We're going to we're going to put a fork well, in it. This I, thing it's is not, done. It's weird. It's not like aggressiveness. It's just a matter of which path you're taking, right? So in my path, I'm going to go with another because they hadn't barreled up Suarez. I'm going to go with another inning off of Suarez, and I'm not going to use Alvarado. 
unless I am up, all right, and it's a closed situation in the ninth inning. He burned them in the sixth inning. Pitched them two innings. Now, he always manages like it's the seventh game of the World Series. And it, it drives me insane. Last year in the World Series, he takes out Wheeler early. Mm-hmm. And he, again, he he exposed, like, the one thing you can't do. Trust me. Like, I, I'm a loser, geek, seam head, Fitzy. And the one thing that you cannot do, is, especially when you have a, a reliever like Alvarado, you can't expose him. All right? Like and what they did, what he did last year was he exposed Alvarado. He used him too much, so the Astros got a beat on him. No matter, it doesn't matter how hard a guy throws, right? At some point, you're going to pick up his location, and it, and that's what happened last year. He got tagged for a big home run because they saw him four times in a series. Oh my God. I mean, I just I, it just drives me insane. And I'm watching last night, and the way he's using guys, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right, Sanchez, boy, not only don't have it, fine. You you, you got to go Walker. You got Lorenzen. He burned his bullpen. I mean, it was a damn forest fire. So what do you do now to uh, like? I just kept watching last night particularly, and I know everybody's talked about the youth of the Diamondbacks, but, like, you just watch a young team out there having fun playing loose. Like, the one thing you don't want to do in any sport is give a young team weird confidence. Yeah, you know, and like, I you, mean, Al Thomas hits that home run. That was a monster home run. They're just it, – it's like sometimes, and I don't know that this is always true, but I do believe sometimes that – when you give young and dumb is a great thing, you know, young, young and dumb sure. is sort of this, this moment of like, Hey, let's just go out there and have a good time. It just felt like as last night went on it for weird reasons, it felt like the diamondbacks were just playing loose, you know, just playing fun. I, I don't know now. You're a five, two, you, you're a five, two about to go up three, one in the series. You got to win the game. Like you yeah. just got to win the game. Yeah. And that's your right. manager. He's got it's, a shot. close. He's got a, he's got a closer shot, right? He knows it. Because he's using him in the eighth, right? He's using him in the eighth inning. When he could have extended, and the day before, he got hit, right? So you saw Kimbrough get hit the day before. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know how you have any faith in Kimbrough at this point. Like, I, I mean, uh, I don't. you get to this point, and, and, you know, even as an organization, you got to look around. And, and those are the things, that, to your point earlier, of, hey, every game is like the seventh game of the World Series. Well, I mean, at some point, you got to look at that and say, hey, I know one thing we can't rely on right now. We can't put all of our eggs in that basket, and that's got to change everything strategically. I know. I, and I'm, I'm mad, like, because last night, I mean, you got to use Alvarado. It's last night, but it's the, it's the game before. In that situation, you don't burn your best pitcher and use him two innings. If that's something, you're up 2 0. And your starter is, is, is keeping guys off balance. Figgy. Help me. You know, I wish I could, to be honest with you. <laughs> I really do. Uh, by the way, and I mean, not to pile on, but I mean, I, be, I believe I made a comment about Craig Kimbrell two weeks ago, and you were talking about how good the bullpen is, but I said, if this guy is your closer, you know the high uh, wire I, rack. I, I, I told oh, you about Alvarado. Is... I did, right? If you remember, you were right about Kimbrell, but I told you the bullpen's a weapon. Everybody but Kimbrell. Alvarado's terrific. 
Yeah. And this Except other kid. You expose him. And you, you, you overexpose him. Yeah, and you put him in the highest leverage of situations where he always struggles. And to your point, and we've talked about this at nauseum, if you want to go back to the 2020 World Series when the Rays were mowing down the Dodgers with Blake Snell and they took him out simply because it was the third time going through the order and the Dodgers ended up winning that game and winning the World Series, these guys just can't get it through their heads. It's the postseason. Your starting pitcher has 69 pitches. Let him pitch. If he works himself into a jam, then you go to the bullpen. But by pulling these guys way too early, you're not giving them a chance. And to your point, you have to manage a series. If you're down 3-1, sure. You're up 2-0. You have a little bit of a cushion. You don't want to burn through your guys at that point in time. It makes no sense to me. And, you know, you guys moved on, the Phillies, from like the most analytical guy possible in Gabe Kapler. And they loved Rob Thompson, at least initially, because he kind of deviated a little bit from that. But now we're kind of falling into the exact same thing, and it could potentially end up costing them the series. Mm. I, know, I think it's, the, it's tough. Oh, the analytics yeah, part of it, like, oh, this is always tough. I know, I know. Here's the hardest part of it, like, the causation, right? Like, are the, every anytime somebody, and I don't care what sport, we're, we're dealing with this in football every weekend now with fourth down, right? Like, everybody brings up analytics, analytics, analytics. Like, at some point, a computer can't manage a game. It doesn't matter what sport we're talking about because as much as I am a fan of what do the numbers say and what are you supposed to do, I think there's value in, in data, 100%. Data doesn't have a feel for what's actually happening. Data doesn't know these two particular teams in this particular instance. Data doesn't know momentum, which I think is a real thing. Like Data doesn't have like all of those extra nuances that come in the conversation. And that's something, you know, I, I feel like I'm talking about it on every show I do around anything in the NFL constantly. If, you know, fourth and one is every fourth and one is not the same. And the data Correct. doesn't know that. Right. Correct. So like, that's the, the hard part. in all of this is like, I, I think it is really good to present. Hey, here's what the data says we should do right now when we're talking about what to do with pitchers. Here's, here's what the data says. And then the manager has got to earn his money by saying, copy that. I think the data is right here. Or I think the data is wrong. Like numbers by themselves can still be wrong. So it's, it's really tough in this situation for anyone that leans towards the analytics part of the part of the conversation, because frankly, it just doesn't understand the nuance in the moment. Sometimes. I just exactly right. That's exactly right. So why do they keep doing the same thing over <laughs> and over again? Well, you know, and part then, of it's not... and then want to stick it in your in your up your nose yeah. by telling you, well, that's what the analytics says. These these dudes, you know what? You know, I have so little respect. All right, because you know what? Stand up there, make a freaking decision. All right, and say, you know what? This is why I did what I did. All right, and X, Y, Z, whatever part of the equation is. And you know what? The reason why I know the analytics were to bring in so and so, but you know what? He's. I, I think he needs. He needs. He's licking oil. Whatever you want to phrase, you want to use. Whatever. Whatever you want to explain yourself. But everybody knew that Kimbrough was struggling. Everybody knew that. So. You, you got to manage different. You just got to manage. You can't manage with all spots. It's oh my god, it drives me insane. Well, well I was gonna say funny. It's not funny at all if you're a you know Phillies fan. But I know Thompson after the game when asked about leaving Kimberly in, he was like, "Well, yeah. I didn't want to have to burn through Alvarado. Well, why'd yeah. you use him yesterday? He could have given him an extra two, day, two a, a day of rest. He could have used him today. They did. You have to end up using him on Friday night for to get an out. 
I mean, it's just it's full full on mismanagement, and what it is, Anthony, too. And I don't know their hierarchy, the structure of Philadelphia when it comes to the front office trickling down to the field. But you know how baseball works nowadays. A lot of times they have a set plan of how things are going to go, and it comes from the top. And they say after a certain pitcher throws this many amounts of pitches, goes this many times around the order, you are to go to your pen. And a lot of times the managers are just the front men and doing what the front office wants. Well, that's exactly it. And they're not going to see face any repercussions for that because they're doing they're basically following their yeah. marching order. So if you're Kevin Cash and you take Blake Snell out and he's mowing the Dodgers down and they come back and win the game, Kevin Cash said, yeah, he has to be the front man and take all the blame. But when it comes to the front office, he's basically following orders. And the problem is if you don't follow orders and it blows up in your face, you don't have a job. That's yeah. why these guys operate the way that they do. Yes. Yes, I, I, it's, it's so you're so spot on, you're so spot on, like I, you know, again, and I, and I know there's all kinds of things, right? Well, he only threw 15 pitches. It was two innings, but he only threw 15 pitches. He brings him in a tie game in game three. It's a tie game, and once you burn a guy, it's not just the 15 pitches because he, you're warming up in the bullpen, you're exposing him. Because he he's already pitched in the series, so they just have a better look at him. And anytime you, and you Figgy, you know this when you get a look at a guy, you understand what he throws. You can get his timing. You can get your bat path, like all this stuff. You you've seen a guy. Once you've seen a guy, you get a feel for him, and he becomes a little bit more easier to, to hit, mm-hmm. no matter how good he is. Oh, yeah. I remember when Raldis Chapman played for the Cubs that year. They won the World Series, and they pretty much pitched him in every single game. And the deeper and deeper they got into the postseason, the, the worse and worse he got. Now, obviously, they ended up getting that victory yeah. over Cleveland, but he looked more and more vulnerable because, one, his arm was shot because they used him so much, and two, Everybody knew exactly what was coming. It doesn't matter if you throw 115. The more and more they see a guy, to your point, especially in consecutive days over the course of a week, the easier it gets to be able to hit them. So you're spot on. But also, guys, you know that. We right. know that. I know that. Yeah. All I ever ask from our managers is like in, in, in any, again, any sport. I just want, if, if everybody watching knows it, they should have it figured out too. Like that's just, yeah. that's why it feels so inexcusable in this process. Yeah. Yeah, and how about the other game in the Battle of Texas? I mean, wow. I mean, they, the Astros are just vampires. They're stop. <laughs> or Nets. I mean, oh, little annoying God. Nets that won't die. Oh, oh my God, Fig. Oh, my God. Fitzy. Like, like here you are. I mean, they're just amazing, right? When you look at, and, and you look at the way that game played out yesterday. So... It, you know, I mean, 1-1, they take the lead, and then the Garcia bomb, it, it's 4-2. And then you're down to your last out, Altuve. Are you got to be kidding me? I mean, oh, God, he's a great ball player, man. Cheating, all the other stuff, all that stuff aside, I don't care. I know. Listen, Fig, I hate him too. But oh, yeah, but hey. They are. He's amazing. And Fitzy. Figgy has been anti-used it. Like, you know, we've been, two of us, been around on the Astros forever. So that's why, you know, and and wow, they're just amazing. I mean, it's, and then they escape the, trouble. It's ridiculous. 
it's it's good for uh, this is that thing I always say that the best you know the best Batman movies are defined by the villains yes. right like yes. you've got to have good villains in this like I grew up an 80s wrestling fan the best yeah. era of 80s wrestling always had somebody you could root against that you knew was just going to find a way to win at the end that's the Astros good for baseball like the fact that they win has you know the the people that love the bad guy are out there screaming about it because of the dramatic win at the bottom of the right but then everybody else that says Oh, it's a bad guy. Like they're yelling about it's good for baseball. The more the Astros keep winning, the more people keep paying attention. I, I looked at that last night and I thought, man, that is the that is the ultimate perfect result. If I was sitting back today and I was the commissioner of Major League Baseball, I would like I'd raise a glass, I'd toast the room, and I'd say, This is exactly what we needed. Yeah. The Houston Astros are the iron chic of Major League Baseball. That's basically what Fitz just said. That's that's why I interpreted that, and it's spot on, 100%. Oh, my God. I was just about to say the iron chic, too. I can't believe As soon as he said 80s that wrestling? I was a child of 80s wrestling, the villains. <clears throat> the first guy I thought Iron of. chic. I thought of the first guy. But you're right. They never die. And look. They've been sans the cheating, at least as far as we know, for the last, what, six years now or whatever it's been, yeah. and they they constantly make plays. And Jose Altuve, yeah. Jose Altuve is one of the great players, especially postseason players. Now, last year he was not good for them at all in the playoffs, and they still won. And this year he's returned right back to form. Uh, yeah. Every big hit that they've needed, uh, he's been there for them. So I can't hate. I can recognize a great team when I see one, a resilient yeah, team when you see one. Yeah. Uh, they've literally faced everything in the postseason in the last decade or so. Uh, and uh, I don't think, look, I don't think as a team they're better than Texas from a talent standpoint, but you can't discount experience. You can't discount, you know, onions, as some would say, yeah. in, in big moments like this. And they yeah. say they've certainly shown it. Yeah. Ah, oh, dude. I mean, you're spot on. I hate I, it, I, but I know. I know. I, I know. And then the and then the other thing too is they they just figure out a way to get out of. It. Like Presley gets out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, eighth and ninth inning, Texas is is, is doing their thing. All right, we got to go to break because my man Muddy Mark is gonna gonna have a conniption. Oh my God! All right, we're the fellas. You guys got to bear with me today. A lot of great football. The discussion that happened we'll get back to the baseball and i'll probably uh cry and wail all the next four hours so stick with us all right watch it watch me embarrass myself he's jason fitz we got kevin figures i'm anthony gargano we are the fellas right here on fox sports radio fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Uh, good, good, good morning. Let me just give all of our friends out there. I was like, I needed to get the uh, opening segment off my chest. Fellas, Jason Fitz, I'm Anthony Gargano from the Tyrac.com studio, Kevin Figures. That's our crew every week. That's right. By the way, football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio every Sunday morning, beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific for Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, Brian No, Jeff Schwartz, and uh, professional better Bill Krakenberger will take you and have you covered for three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff. That's right, presented by BetMGM right here on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. And we do have a big weekend of football, starting off with the uh, the noon game. Wow, this is amazing, Fitzy. Penn State, Ohio State. Wow. Yeah, I mean, get, inject that in my veins early. Like, that's one thing I got to give credit for. You know, it's so, so often – the NFL side, it feels like we got to wait for Sunday night to, to get the best game of the week most weeks. It, it feels like that's just the way the schedule's always made. I was absolutely, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm in Nashville right now, right? I absolutely love the thought that 11 a.m. this morning, I'm going to get what is clearly the best game and what might end up being one of the most important games of the entire college football season. It, what it looks like is going to be just this ugly, dirty, uh, knockdown, drag out, defensive, like, let's see if any, either of these offenses really get it going. Like, I, I think this is going to be a spectacular game, and it's great to get that statement early in the day. Like, a brunch game? Like, got to figure out what my sandwich, sandwich situation is going to look like. Feels like that's the perfect way to start the Saturday. Come on now. Yeah, my only beef with that is that's a Saturday night game. Like, I prefer the night game. Now, again, I don't have a life, so, you know, you, <laughs> like, you, you, like, you know, my, like, my day is I got youth sports all day, right? But see, no, that means you do have a life. Like, I 
I my my biggest debate today is: Am I going to sit in my house, or am I going to go to a bar to watch games all day? Like that that means I have no life, right? You actually have like you know kids, and you got all that. Like you, you're going to go out there and shape young minds and future athletes. You're going to do all these great things all day. Yeah, you want no, the I night game? T- I want to go sit in the bar all day watch football. Now, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, my you know decision is like: How much can I day drink and still, you know, still be able to like to cover college tonight. football? Like, let's go, let's right? Go like, you want to watch? You want to go out? You want to watch all the games and, and enjoy yourself? Then come home and then get ready to go out tonight. I, I'm going to be at a field all day from now, from about when we get off the air till eight o'clock tonight, and I just want to come home and then watch Penn State, Ohio State, but it's on at <laughs> noon. And it's pissing me off. It's messing my schedule up. But I do have the Phillies anyway. So, by the way, I mean, I'll watch game, you know, I'll, I'll be in anguish watching game five anyway tonight. I think we might have a little beef, by the way, with our own our own crew here. Because I saw huh. the Fox Sports Radio tweet that went out this morning to tell everybody the fellas is on there. And, like, they used to jiff for the Phillies, you know, like, it's just sort of like, you know, showing the logo on the chest and every. I, I think they were throwing a little shade at you, cousin. I don't, I'm not sure we should stand for this. Who, who is that, Patrick? Had, Patrick had to be Patrick. Me that way. I mean, I, somebody did. The, the, the tweets Patrick. out there. It says, you know, it says Fox Sports Radio tuned into the fellas. Yeah, you did. And and you, you you know what? You're right. I you know it's funny you say that, Fitzy, because I saw I noticed that too. Mm-hmm. It's Harper doing his thing, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, the Phillies lost. So why are you doing that? Why do you use that? I mean, cause I had I had to, you know, bring in the Phillies, man. Come on, like I, I'm trying to. I didn't want to, like, you know, just pour salt in the wound. I'm like, you know, I'm giving good vibes, you know, for hopping them to, you know, win the series. Come on, cuz. See, I, I uh, fig. <laughs> what, what do you think of that? Is he only up and up? I, no, like see, I here's trust the thing. you. Yeah, because it's it is the particular it's the gif that was chosen where it's like, you know, accentuating the logo of the Phillies. I mean, I I think if you were just trying to set you know, share a little love, maybe use the Philly fanatic dancing around and you're like, hey, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be just fine. Here's a little joy. No, mm -mm, mm -mm. you you used basically a say it with your chest Phillies gif. I mean. I'm also back here just – I'm stirring. I am yeah. just stirring the pot right now with, with, the, with the fellas. That's what we're doing. Yeah, Pat's definitely busting your balls on this one, cuz. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, absolutely. Really fit. 100%. No doubt. 100%. Yeah, now you and he know, knows it. You know, Pat. You're out there with him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, Pat's always been – Patrick's always been, you know, straight up. And, you know, oh, straight Pat's up the best. Dude. Pat's the best. But he's – he's, 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 he's busting balls right oh, now? Oh, absolutely. He's getting after you a little bit. Like I, I mean, yo, spider. Why would you do that? <laughs> I, I don't know what Figgy's I mean, talking what about. Seriously, <laughs> I don't. I plead the fifth. I don't know what Figgy's talking about. I... Yeah, he's not wrong. I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing. Like you know, I'm feeling this way. You, you, you got to stick it in the back like that. You just got to oh. stick a knife in and twist it. I mean, would I mean, you prefer if I know. put in like you know, like Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas's like gif of like you know a home run? That would that really would have uh, would have sent something home there too. I, I thought was, you throwing a football. But think about <laughs> like think about when I Fair. tweeted out like when I tweeted out the show this morning. I said we all got to give him a hug, yeah, and I, I put two cats yeah. hugging each other. You know, yes. that's two cats hugging each other because that's supportive. That's like, hey, bro, I got you. We're gonna have a big old like we're gonna yes. have a big old hug. Yes, I'm just saying it was right after a Raiders loss, and See, you put like true the staggeringly good. 
good-looking Jimmy G, like, smiling after he plays poorly in a playoff loss. Not that that would ever happen in my lifetime. But, no. you know, I, I, would, I would feel it. I would feel it. Feel some kind of way. See, you, you know, now I know you're staring it, but you, you were, you, your actions were supportive, proven supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas Patrick, I mean, I mean, he's not wrong, Patrick. I mean, I think you got to give apology. <laughs> all, all, right. Wow. <laughs> all right, fine, fine. I apologize because I apologize for the gift. For the gift, hey, I'll tell you what. If the Phillies yeah. do win it, I'll, I'll I'll send you a full written apology of my bad for the gift. And you know what? Like I'll even I'll send you like a memo uh, saying go Phillies yeah. win the World Series as a Dodger fan. Yeah, and, and look, I I would think as a Dodger fan, you got to hate Arizona. That's I mean, just, I do. I, mean, I still do. I mean, you know, I mean, first of all, division they they mock you. I mean, they just pounded the ball right up your gigi. Are you, are you as a doctor fan got to hate Arizona? I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I am embarrassed, and you should be I, rooting for the Phillies as hard as I am. <laughs> I mean, it's You're too it, big. <laughs> I, I'm rooting for Harper. I'm rooting for. I, I like the guy. I do like the guy. This is a this is a philosophical question. Now that we've gone wildly off the rails here, like I think nine times out of ten. A group of guys that where you're all big fanatics would rather bust each other than like take a team. You know what I mean? Like there, there's this moment where, hey, I I might really not root for this team, but I can get under your skin a little bit, and I know what it likes, what it oh, feels yeah. like to 100%. lose. One hundred percent. I'm gonna go under yeah. the, I'm gonna go under the skin before I'm gonna root against the team. Like this is this is a social experiment happening right now live on radio. Yes, yes, yes. But if you're Patrick. And you're figgy, Fitzy. You're Dodger fans. Mm. You gotta hate the Diamondbacks. I mean, yeah, listen, it's a great story. God bless them. I mean, they're a good young team, and Moreno's a terrific player, and Thomas comes in with a big home run, and Carroll. I mean, they're a good, really good team. A good young player, a great story. So, but you know, if I take my my hat off, I'm a Dodger fan. I hate them. Well. I look at it. I mean, I hate is a strong word. You like, know, I, right? Sports hate. It's not yeah, hate. but no, 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 no. But I even mean, still, yeah. like, I mean, as a Dodger fan, you're kind of trained to hate the Giants, or you yeah. hate someone who's relevant. Yeah. I think it's kind of cute that the the uh, the uh, D backs have made a bit of a run here, and they're doing something good for them. It's kind of the way that I look at it. Are you cute? <laughs> it's like, wow. it's cute. Wow. They Captain condescending today yeah, with that's, it. That's the way I look at it. Hey, hey, do you do your thing, kids? All right, see what happens. That's the way I look at it. What? You got them. You got the Dodgers once. Congratulations. Let's see what else you do with it. Congratulations. They pounded the Dodgers. Okay, cool. I mean, good for them. I mean, it was it was a blowout from the beginning. It was boom, boom. They put Kershaw out the pasture. All right. And you got you don't feel anything. Nope. Oh, golf clap. Slow clap. Now we got the slow clap coming. Good for you. I feel good. Good for them. I feel the same way. Like if I if I take it Fitzy as a Raider fan when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, hate them. Hate them to death. Chargers make the playoffs, win a wild card game, which not not gonna happen. But if they did, good for you. See what else you can do with it. But hate Yeah, I eh, I, I get not I, really. I get you. I get you. Not really. Little brother, do your thing. I guess that would be me <laughs> with Washington. 
uh, right. with the Commanders. That's what it is. So it's, yeah, it's one yeah, of those. They're not a hated yeah. rival. They're a rival, but it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Now, if they take you out again next year, it could lean that way. Yeah, if it turns into something. But I mean, like the Dodgers have been dominating for so long at this point in time. It's like you finally got one. Good job. That's a fair I point that you. I think maybe you have to be sustainably successful for a long chapter for it to become like a hated yeah. rival, you know? Yeah, that's the way that I look at it. Yeah, team knocks you out, but you have owned them. It does take it down a notch. Kind of felt like the same way about the Padres last year with the Dodgers, to be honest. Same thing. Well, they they were chesty, the Padres. Yeah, very much so. I mean, you know, Arizona's not chesty. Not at all. And that's kind of part of why I— They're kind of a sweet story. Yeah, which is— baseball story. Kind of part of the reason why I was like, I mean, I very was, you know— doing the golf yeah. clap and all that stuff. But part of me is like somewhat happy for them. For the Padres, yeah, those guys acted like giant tools last year. Yes. And I'm glad the Phillies handled them. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, are you rooting for the Diamondbacks? No. No. I like, to, to, to Pat's point, I do like Rice Harper. And he's, that guy's a G and, and a great player and steps up when it matters most. I would love to see the Phillies make it back to the World Series. Y'all, I got to be clear here. We have hours left together today. And none of, nobody on this show needs to be rooming for the Diamondbacks. Like, that's just <laughs> right, a, like, just there's, there's a line in the sand for it. Like, yeah, I'm standing exactly. up over yeah. here for cuz. <laughs> Thank you, Fitzy. Fig, do me a favor. Hit us with some trending. All right, so let me see. I shouldn't start with the fact that Arizona tied the NLCS <laughs> at two games oh, apiece. I'm sorry. Man. It was the biggest story of the night. What do you want me to do? Rat <laughs> 6-5. Uh, the final score, D-back scoring three runs in the top of the eighth. A two-run home run from Alec Thomas. Game five will be tonight at 8 Eastern, cause, so you get to wake up and uh, do it all over again. So, you know, there's uh, there's hope. You can go back home with a chance to close it out. You So you have that. Jose Altuve, second all-time in postseason home runs, his 26th of his career that he hit on Friday night, a three-run shot in the top of the ninth, leading Houston over the Rangers 5-4. to four. Astros sweeping the three games in Arlington. They can close out the series in Game 6. That'll be on Sunday night at 8 Eastern. You can catch that game on FS1. In NFL news, Lions running back Jameer Gibbs will play against Baltimore. He missed the last two games with a hamstring injury. Deshaun Watson of the Browns questionable against Indianapolis with a shoulder injury, though he was a full participant in practice on Friday. The Raiders will start quarterback Brian Hoyer against the Bears as Jimmy Garoppolo nurses a back injury. And in college football, one game on Friday night, also bad news for Cuz SMU steamrolling Temple, fifty-five to nothing. This is, the hits I mean, just keep coming. Of, that was more of a chuckle. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh my god, yeah. that's yeah. my alma mater. Yeah, back to the fellas. I went to Temple, Fitzy. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Good. Now I'm getting beat up. Uh, fellas, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV. All you got, all your protection in one place. Bundle and save progressive.com, fellas. All right, we'll come back, and, and let's take a look at this Ohio State, Penn State, and the ramification, Fitzy. It's a big game right here, big noon, man. It's going to be uh, noontime, Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, coming your way. We're giving some football coming up, fellas, on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast. 
Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Ah, fellas, from the TireRack.com studios, Jason Fitz, I'm Anthony Gargano, Kevin Figures, Marty Mark, and Patrick producing this thing. Ah, uh, Fitzy, first of all, uh, Nashville, what are you doing in Nashville? You got something going on? You, you, you... Uh, just, you know, hanging out with a bunch of music buddies down here, just came down, you know, uh, uh, my... Uh, I, I, Chris Young, the country music artist, just a good buddy of mine. He had a big old number one party for a song that he and Mitchell Tenpenny did. So I came down and, uh, you know, th- hanging out with some old music friends and you know, having awesome. a little bit of fun and reconnecting with some people I haven't seen in a minute and just uh, taking a little take a little time, you know, to, just to, to, to find work-life balance by hanging out in Nashville. No, I like it. I, I, lo- I love it. You know, I uh, of all my travels, and I've traveled, you know, extensively as a reporter and 
doing a lot of national stuff. Uh, you know, I've never been. To, I've been to Knoxville, right? I, I've never been to Nashville. Really? That's yeah. that is it is a great city. Uh, but if you ever decide to come down here, you know, we'll talk first because I can. I can no, give I'm you the lay of the No, dude, the, I'm yeah, coming. Come listen, the only time I'm going next time I come will be or the when I do get there, it'll be when you're there. You know, I rarely say this, but yeah, like you come come hang out with me. That we'll we'll run the town. There's just no doubt about that. Like this is a place I, no, I would love to. I, I'm enamored by it. Like, I know this city. Yeah, I, I'm enamored by it. I, I've dined in. Actually, it's one of those places where I'm like, yeah, I can't believe I've been everywhere, right? And I yeah. I have never. There was no reason for me. I mean, I was in Knoxville doing Tennessee stuff. Um but never Nashville. And I'm like, I, I got to get there. I got to go experience that. What is it? I imagine like you and your music buddies, like that's cool. Like that's a, that's a, that's a good night. Man. That's a good. It is. But it, like, it's such a different city than it. Like, cause I, I mean, I moved here in 96. And so when I moved to Nashville in 96 at the time, like lower Broadway, that's so famous now really wasn't safe. Tootsie's, which is a world famous bar was making less right. than 500 Tootsie's, bucks yeah. a day. And like yeah. Tootsie's was on the verge of closing down. And, if it, like the, I, I moved to Nashville before the Predators were even here. So I went to the first ever Nashville Preds game. You know, I have a puck in my house that they gave uh, the awesome. first 10,000 people that went to that. Like nobody even knew if sports were going to take off in this city that way. The, the Titans had just come. They went to Memphis first and come over here. And it's funny because from that it's now grown into a city that there are pockets of this neighborhood, the neighborhoods that feel like you're in New York, not in, in Nashville. There's the, the restaurant scene, the bar scene. It's really, yeah. it's changed so much. That I, I was sitting with a buddy and we were talking about the fact that, you know, you used to be bars on all the windows on in this one particular neighborhood. Didn't feel safe, but there were some recording studios you had to go into. And now it's all been taken out and they're, you know, the $4 million home after $4 million home in that neighborhood. So it's just kind of crazy how this city has changed, but it's electric. It's got a great energy. It's very much like Vegas. You come here for a few days and you need a week off after you get, after you hang out here for a few days, but it is absolutely worth it and a great creative city. Yeah, I I love creative places. I I just you know I love it as a writer. I love the the creative places. Do you um will you make it back home before uh, Halloween and and the oh, yeah, lair? Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's no doubt about that. Like the the uh, but the Halloween setup in in Nashville has always been pretty phenomenal too. So like it's it's. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things I never got, like I, I bought in Nashville, you know, early two thousands uh, in the suburbs of Nashville, a tiny house, you know, that, that now is uh, never got rid of it. So was able to, uh, I'm still able to have a little bit of a, a little bit of Halloween fun everywhere. You know me cause like I'm finding that Halloween energy everywhere. The animatronics are always out. There's always, there's always a haunted house somewhere to visit. Like this is, this is a good time. By the way, you'll find this out too. The day after Halloween, all the Halloween stuff comes down and the Christmas stuff goes up. I, I like it's immediately I am I am universally all holiday from Halloween all the way through. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love you go right from Halloween to Christmas. And to me, I, I don't understand the, the people who hate the, the early, oh, it's too early. I mean, once you get past, once Halloween goes, I, I think it's every right. Yeah, you don't need to do the Thanksgiving, like the, the turkey motif. You think about this. Rock, rock in the lights, man. Think about this, all right? What do you do at halftime of a game? You have some food. You catch up with your buddies. You have some drinks. 
You right. relaxed a little bit, right? What do you do on Thanksgiving? The exact same thing. Thanksgiving is halftime of the Christmas season. You get the first way through. You take a break at the half. You recalibrate, figure out what adjustments you're going to make for December. You have some food, some drinks. You hang out with everybody. Then you get back to your Christmasing. I got to tell you, I, I love that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I really love that analogy. I think that analogy is spot on, man. I like oh. it. I like you know, call me a disciple. I'm in, <laughs> I, I'm in. I'm in on that figgy. I'm in on it. Converting the fellows. Yeah, I like it a lot, man. All right, we'll come back and I we'll get to that football. That's coming up next. I promise. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Happy, happy uh, Fox football Saturday. We are the fellas. He is Jason Fitz. I'm Anthony Gargano, Kevin Figures. Got our guys, uh, Patrick, Mighty Mark, producing. And we come to you live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com. We're going to help you get there on match selection. Fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And, of course, fellas, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining... Your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, all you got, all your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. You just joined us. We talked a lot about uh, baseball and the dramatic wins by the Astros and the (coughs) Diamondbacks over the Phillies last night. So it was uh, October baseball is awesome. League championship series. But. Let's get to football, and we got a monster game in college with Ohio State, Penn State. And this is the thing, guys. Like, when we look at college football, once you get toward Halloween, things start to kind of crystallize. And we saw it crystallize for USC last week, and that defense really showed itself, right? Like, that defense has been a problem and it became a glaring one as uh, Notre Dame puts up 48 on Southern Cal. Now, all of a sudden, there's whispers that Lincoln Riley wants to, to follow his quarterback to the NFL, Caleb Williams. I mean, are we buying that? Right. I, at some point, that, that to me is always going to be one of those absurd things. There's so much noise around Caleb Williams. He wants a stake in ownership. Lincoln yeah. Riley's going to come with yeah. him. Like all of these, I feel like every week there's going to be some new struggle for me to just shut off the noise around Caleb Williams. But also, Caleb Williams didn't play well enough last week. And that last week was one of the crack in the armor sort of games. It's rare to see him not play well. I don't think he played particularly well. But you're right. College football, and, and you know, for years, especially. Uh, when I was at ESPN every year, I, I hosted a show that was rankings reaction. So it was right after the rankings came out. And we always used to joke behind the scenes right before the show would start. We would laugh and we'd say, you know what? Everybody's going to tune in and everybody's going to scream about how the committee got it wrong. But realistically, college football takes care of itself. Like by the end of the year, the cream has usually risen. It's pretty clear who the best teams are this year so far. That's not the case. But you're right. Right now, like today, Penn State, Ohio State becomes one of those prove it games where the the cream's going to rise. We're going to start to figure out who's actually good and who actually belongs in this conversation. Because at least Ohio State has a win over that Notre Dame team at Notre Dame where you can say, hey, a little proof of concept. I, I still don't really know as, as great as Penn State's defense has been this year. 
they haven't played anybody. So I like well, I just I, think it's yeah. impossible to know. No, I, I mean, and you're spot on. I mean, when you look at, you know, let's go through it for a second, right? And and this is what Penn State's uh, resume they take going into this game. They start off by uh, thumping West Virginia, not good. They beat Delaware, sixty-three to seven. They beat Illinois in Champaign. They beat Iowa, thirty-one nothing at home. They beat Northwestern, forty-one to thirteen, and then they beat uh, UMass last week, sixty-three to nothing. So they didn't play anybody. To your point, that's the resume, and it's a pretty weak resume. Now you got to go on the road into Columbus. And I hear you. I'm like, I love the quarterback. I think their defense has some playmakers. They're, they don't have the wide receivers that they have had in the past. But I think they're a really good team. I just don't know. And then I look at Ohio State, and they're the flip side, right? Like, well, they're, they're a team where you go, well, I don't know what to believe, right? The Notre Dame had not beat. Right, Notre Dame, let's face it, right? Notre Dame had a beat. And then they played some, you know, you know, they were okay with the Indiana, right? They didn't play. They played Youngstown, Western Kentucky. Remember they said they're cupcakes. They come back after Notre Dame loss, and then they beat Maryland, and then they beat Purdue on the road. I don't know how good they are. Do you? I think the, the interesting part of it, because you're right, I don't know how good they are, but at least the win at Notre Dame was at Notre Dame, so I have a little proof of concept. Right. Like uh, Ohio said, this game to me is pretty simple. Like Ohio State's offensive line isn't very good, and Penn State's defensive line is absolutely spectacular. So like I, I think that there's there's opportunity for disruption. But when you were mentioning the, the Nittany Lions schedule this year, I will point out that for all of those wins that they have against all of those teams that are meh, same thing I've said about Georgia, by the way. The, the teams are just meh that they're playing, right? For all of that, Penn State has one passing play of 40 yards or more this year. Total. Yeah. One. So, like, well, you, that's even, I put off the receivers. Like, they don't right. have the receivers. Right. They had great weapons. The one thing that Penn State had was some really good receivers. I mean, you know, Dotson's playing in Washington right now for the Commanders. And, you know, they've had some really, really strong receivers. And clearly, because I love the quarterback, and he doesn't have those kinds of you know weapons, which I think you're spot on, man. That's going to hurt them going into a place like Columbus. In the, in the yeah, show. And, and that's the part of it that gets really interesting. That's why I think as much as right now modern college football, it's always hammer the over, everybody's going to score a bunch of points. Man, I don't know. Like, I think both of these defenses could – come out and just control the pace and tempo of this football game. And, you know, the, the question is, can, can Penn State run the football? Can they, they've done a really nice job throughout the course of this year being in positive situations and down a distance. Can they continue that? Because, you know, I, I like Aller too, but I, how much do we really know? So I, the, the beautiful thing about this is that whoever – like if, I, if Ohio State gets this win – I think they will absolutely fly up when the first playoffs come out. the The rankings come out, the playoff rankings on Halloween Day. Uh, I, they will they will fly up on those because they'll now have a couple of big resume wins, and that's you know ultimately for as much as we talk about the AP top twenty five, like we are at that spot now where the playoff committee is going to be everything, and I think the playoff committee might value some of these teams much differently than the AP poll has, and a lot of people have so far because there's only a few teams that have good resume wins. Yeah, I agree. I listen. I think you're right, and I think they should. Like, if you beat Penn State, you know, and depending on how that you know how it looks, 
you know, that's a big that's a big win. You'll have had a win at Notre Dame and then a win over Penn State. I mean, that's that's a resume builder, right? Yeah, and and there's only a few teams that have like again. Uh, I'm going to say this every week with Georgia. They haven't played four straight quarters of, of good football, and the committee is specifically told not to factor previous years. So for everyone that says, hey, they're a two-time defending national champion, well, if the committee's doing their job, that shouldn't matter. The only thing that they should be factoring is the body of work for this year, which means Georgia can't be number one when the committee meets, and Michigan hasn't played anybody, a bunch of cupcakes in Nebraska. They've looked really good doing it, but there's no resume on it. In the meantime, Florida State's played teams, Oklahoma's played teams Washington's played teams like they're at least all getting ranked wins so I, I think Ohio if Ohio State wins this game that's a big moment for them if Penn State wins this game convincingly at least it gives everybody a hey let's hang our hat to this because there's there because there's a really weird scenario here with Penn State Ohio State Michigan where each of them lose one game and that one loss happens to be to each other and the committee's gonna have to figure out what to do with it so I just think as as weird as it sounds this game this early in this season this early in today becomes a huge shapeshifter for the college football playoff for the yes. rest of the season. And speaking of one-loss teams, you know, Alabama still only has one loss. It doesn't feel that way. But Tide only has one loss, and you got Tennessee today. Uh, what do you think? I mean, Alabama is a nine-point favorite. This a win over Tennessee kind of helps them get back into the top ten. Yeah, Tennessee's interesting too this year because obviously, you know, they 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 lost their quarterback, their wide receiver. We yeah. expected that they wouldn't be quite as explosive, but Tennessee seems to be like sort of mired in the yeah, they're pretty good conversation. So it it's you know, and remember Tennessee there's going to be a little revenge on Alabama's mind in this game going into it, you know. So Tennessee's passing attack just isn't nearly what it was last year and Alabama's defense is spectacular, but uh, this is a bit of a, a start-to-prove-it point. Uh, and, you know, Milrow has played better for Alabama the last couple of weeks. Really good running the football, huge human being. You know, the, these are the moments that Alabama – I think Alabama's at that weird spot now. They haven't been here years for years. They don't just have to win. They have to win some games convincingly to start yes. to find their way back up into this. So Yeah, because uh, they still don't feel like a top-five team. A hundred percent. Like I, the this is where the dreaded eye test. I hate that, but like this is real. Mm-hmm. If you watch it, you're like, yeah, you know, Alabama's pretty good. Like, so I, I think they have to come out and make a big statement in this game. But I also, I'm not ruling Tennessee out either. I mean, this is one of the. If Josh Heupel's really worth the hype, I love saying that consistently. If Heupel's worth the hype, then he should be able to. Have, like, you would think he'd have some sort of a wrinkle in the game plan that will help him against this Alabama defense. It sounds uh, that line feels fat to me. I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I, I, I look at nine. That's too much. Fig, what do you think? Is that fat? That line fat to you too? Extremely, because neither offense is any good, and both quarterbacks struggle. Uh, yeah. So if if I were to side with one, it would be Alabama, but a certain would be wouldn't be pushing ten points uh, in either direction. So I do think, like, if Alabama finds a way to kind of find their stride, they've been kind of. You know, you mentioned they only have the one loss. You have LSU coming up, which is a tough opponent. But outside of outside of that, I feel I feel like it's not really tough sledding for the remainder of their schedule going forward. They end up in the regular season with one loss. Say they play Georgia in the SEC championship game, even if they show themselves well and lose that. I mean, we could find ourselves back to having Alabama and Georgia both in the playoff again. So I don't know if it says even if they don't necessarily play great and blow the doors off of people. You have a eleven and one Alabama team for the, in front of the committee. It's still Alabama. Yeah, it's still Saban. 
Yeah. I mean, they're not going to leave them out. No, you're I right. don't know. I don't know. Like, because uh, an 11-1 in this situation, if we have an 11-1 Ohio State and 11-1 Michigan and they played tougher schedules, like, I, and Georgia's schedule is so just awful all year. I, I think if Georgia loses in the SEC championship game, they're not going to make the playoff at all because they just won't have what's going to be their biggest win of the season, right? So, like, I, I, I think it's trickier. that Like, I, I usually would agree with you that just the brand gets in, but, I, man, I don't know this year. Yeah, look, I mean, well, and look, I do think if there was a one-loss Pac-12 team, they're a shoe-in because that's the best conference in the country. So that's if that play ends up playing itself out the way that it looks like it might, that, that definitely is the case. With Michigan and Ohio State, that, that's definitely a great point. You know, we'll have to see how that ends up playing itself out. But I just know uh, with the brand recognition and how these things go, it'll be very difficult for the committee to leave either. And because it's, it's, look, I know you're not supposed to, they, they say a bunch of different things, by the way, with these committee things. <laughs> so and they change their minds and they contradict themselves all the time. So I, I, I think it'll be difficult for them to say, how can we keep a uh, one loss Georgia team that's a defending national champion out of the playoff? I can see them telling us that when it's all said and done, even if it goes against what their initial thought was, saying we take every single season on an individual basis. It'd be quite the conundrum. Yeah, you're not wrong about that, which is why I, I, I want to live. If I were ever made the czar of college football, one of the first things I would do is I would create a panel immediately after the college football playoff that is broadcast, and I'd make every committee member sit in front of a microphone and defend uh, the, the <laughs> decisions that. they made. Yeah. Also, I know this from – I've done the mock committee twice, and one thing that I always thought was interesting is that every committee member is given an iPad, just like NFL players, and the games are put on the iPads for them to be able to watch. The, the question I've asked the committee a dozen times, the committee chairs a dozen times that nobody will answer is, are the hours being watched tracked? Because we know in the NFL we can do that, right? Like all this talk about, you know, Johnny Manziel never even opened up his iPad. They know that. I just think that, like, it would be an interesting world if all of a sudden every single college football committee member is sitting on a panel in front of a microphone and right in front of them on their podium is the cumulative hours spent in that iPad watching games because then we, we would have a much better uh, much better mindset of how they approach the decisions they're yeah, making. Yeah, I Not agree with shade you. shade at them, but come on. I, I, no, listen, I I think you're right. Listen, uh, you know, it's funny because um, for years I voted for the Heisman. And I made a point to watch. The, I mean, I, every game involving a Heisman candidate. Because I just felt if I want to vote, I, I got to watch every game. Full game. Right? Now, I might have, yeah. you know, I, I, there was times I fast forward. But I, I needed to watch to see. So if I'm going to cast my vote, right, for, you know, first, second, third, I want to make sure that I, you know, I do out of respect for the vote, that you have the right, that you're judging the right thing, that you're seeing it all. I agree. I love your, I love that. I think that's I mean, right. I, spot on. I've been a Grammy voter for uh, much of my adult life, and uh, there is there would never be a situation where I would vote on the Grammys and not in a category and not listen to everything that makes it through that nominated category. Like they literally send you a secured site you have to log into and you can only vote on a certain number of categories every year. But one thing you, you get everything oh, and cool. it's right there and you can just stream it. And to, to my, in my mind, I cannot imagine just saying, Oh yeah, now I'm going to vote for a Grammy for this person without taking the time to listen to everything that's nominated through that category. Like that is just, that would be asinine and disrespectful to the process. Yeah. And I, I do think by the way, the committee members take the process seriously. I just think that 
you know, there there are years where I've questioned whether or not some of the committee members are just pulling out the iPad when they're on their flight looking at things and like, yeah, that's pretty much what I thought. And then they're getting into the conversation because it's so hard to justify some of the decision making that's gone on. Yeah, no, I I'm, I completely agree. I'll be intrigued to see what the committee, you know, if things hold steady for the most part around the top five to see as far as the AP and coaches poll are currently how that first lineup is going to look like for the committee. Is Georgia talking fits about the you know, lack of oomph in their schedule, and they haven't necessarily played great into the last couple of weeks, but they keep them number one just based on the fact that they're Georgia, or if you base it off of this season and say, you know what, they haven't looked all that impressive. Yeah, especially with no Brock Bowers for a while, too. Correct. Like they're supposed to be making a decision on who the best teams are right now. And, I mean, can we can we genuinely argue that today on a neutral field that this Georgia team, the way this Georgia team would, has played, would be on a neutral field a heavy favorite against Florida State or Washington who have actually played teams? That right. Are I think Washington would be favored if they played yeah. and should be I, favored. I do, too. I, yeah, I, I, I do, Washington, too. 100%. I think Washington would beat them. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I well, we'll let, table this, and, and I want to ask you, let, let's go through – everybody's top five all right so scratch out your top five and this is your own eye test how you would see after watching what we've watched so far let's go with uh our own top five so fitzy you take care of yours figgy do yours i'll do mine uh fellas right here on fox sports radio fellas hanging From the TireRack.com studios. The, the, uh, we're brought to you by Discover, by the way. In your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously, see terms. Check it out for yourself. Discover.com backslash match. All right. Let's, uh, let's do our own top five and see what you got. All right, uh, Fitzy, Figgy, you give me yours. I'll start off, and uh, I would say and this is my own t- my own eyes. This is my own eye test. I think Washington clearly is the best team in the country right now. I think Michigan is two. Florida State is three. I would have Georgia four, and I would have Ohio State as a tentative five. They have to win today, obviously. To keep the spot. So that would be my five in in that order. Fitzy, what do you got? So I also have Washington at one. uh, And I think that's pretty clear at this point. I I think Washington deserves a lot more credit in this conversation. I put Florida State at number two. And I know, obviously, they got a little penalized from – struggling to beat Boston College. They uh, they needed overtime to beat Clemson. That's a big rivalry game. It's funny how we excuse that in some places, but not there. So I think Florida State has shown us everything, and, and the win over LSU was substantial in the moment. So those are my top two. After that, it gets really tricky because I, I want to believe in Georgia. I really do, but based on what? Like, especially with no Brock Bowers, but even above beyond that, I think Georgia's been wildly inconsistent this year. I can't make it make sense. They're, they're too good. So I'm putting Oklahoma at three, Ohio State at four, and I'm leaving the top two teams in the country out completely. 
I would put Michigan at five uh, there, and I would say that wow. the only reason I'm putting Ohio State ahead of Michigan, even though Michigan has looked really good this year, is that at least Ohio State's played somebody. And, and you're right, they lucked into a win against but Notre good. Dame. Like, but I agree with you with Michigan at, as far as who they played, but they're good. Like You watch yeah, them. They're good. They're I good. mean, they, yeah, they annihilate teams. Yeah, yeah they, I, I mean, you, they're a good team. I think Michigan, like this is one of those moments where I would be the worst voter ever on this because I would I would put Michigan at five knowing that they're going to take care of themselves and move their way up and just say, hey, you haven't played anybody yet, but when you do, I'll move you up the rankings. Yeah, but so I'm like, just asking you. Who, the, the, by the eye the, test, yeah. But the, the like, eye, who, are, who are the best five best teams in order uh, uh, using your own way to discern? Yeah, I think I would probably put Michigan at four if I didn't like. I, I could I could justify Michigan ahead of Ohio State. I don't know that Michigan's better than Oklahoma right now. I, I'm, I'm that one's tough for me. Like I think Oklahoma and Florida State are both really good football teams too. I like Florida State. I, Oklahoma, I don't know. Eh, I mean, it, it's it doesn't necessarily look the same way that JJ looks, but you know, Dylan Gabriel has has played incredibly well. I, yes. I thought that no, I mean, that listen, win I mean, against Texas you know, was a I mean, gutsy win too, you know. Yeah. And not to jump in here, but I mean both of you guys love Texas. If Texas had beaten Oklahoma, you'd have probably have Texas in there. So why wouldn't Oklahoma be under consideration considering they have the head to head win over Texas? I can't even argue that because that was part well, of my have, thought. Well, like, you I, have, I, right, I, you I literally were, thought that. Yeah, you have them that way. I just don't think that when I'm looking at them. I don't think they're better than my five. I don't think they're better than Washington, Michigan, Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State. Yeah, Michigan's the toughest one. And it it's is. funny it's not Georgia. Michigan's the toughest one for me because my you know, my mind's telling me like my eyes are telling me that, that Michigan belongs in there, but I'm just like I, I don't I don't know. Like if you're if you're the biggest kid in fifth grade and you beat up on all the little kids in fifth grade, does that really make you that great? Or is it just you know, is, are you really that tough or no, you just take it on? And that's fair and fig, I wanna I wanna hear your five in a second. But the listen, that piece is fair, but well, you're just looking at quality, like how like they're good, dude. Yeah, they're good. They're a, that's a good team. Man. I I know, like I get you know resume. They're gonna they're gonna beat Michigan State by a ton tonight, but they're just good. Like when you watch them, I mean they just roll. Like they dominate, and I don't care who you're playing. When you're coming in week in, week out, and just look like a machine, I just think they're that good. I buy them. I'll say this real quick before Figgy comes in. Like The one thing I would say is you do have an argument with me in my mind because if right now, if I was playing, playing, uh, placing, I should say, a futures bet on who could win it all out of this group, I think I'd be the most comfortable with the Michigan futures bet. Like, I think they, they're balanced so well all across of what they do. Like, I think Michigan has the best shot at winning the national championship. I just also don't know if I'm, I'm basing that based on what we've seen against bad opponents. That, it's just, it just sits in my mind that way. I hear you. I got you. I got you. To be fair, Fick, hit us with some trending, and then I want your top five. All right, well, we'll start with the NLCS from Friday night. Tied at two games apiece, Arizona rallying from a three-run deficit. They would defeat the Phillies 6-5. to five. Gabriel Moreno with the go-ahead RBI single in the eighth. 
off of Craig Kimbrell, Paul Seawald picking up the save for the Snakes. Game five will be tonight at 8 Eastern. Houston leads the ALCS three games to two after the Astros defeated the Rangers 5-4. to four. Jose Altuve, the go-ahead three-run home run in the ninth. H-Town can close it out in game six on Sunday at 8 Eastern on FS1. In NFL News, Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson was a full participant in practice on Friday, but still listed as questionable for their game against the Colts. The Bears will start rookie quarterback Tyson Badgett against Las Vegas, while the Raiders will start veteran quarterback Brian Hoyer under center. Bills defensive tackle Ed Oliver will not play against the Patriots with a toe injury. And in college football, Friday night SMU all over Temple by the score of 55 to nothing. Back to the fellas. Sorry, like how you delivered that score to well, the I mean, score of fifty-five to nothing. It's pretty. I mean, still pretty staggering. I mean, it's pretty bad. <laughs> fifty-five. That was to nothing. Exactly. By the way, it was at the shade. link. It was at the link too. And that was a By the way, advantage. Guys, in case you missed it, the Phillies lost too. <laughs> Do believe I mentioned that first? But yeah, this is. I just bookended it with a not the most fun night for the Philadelphia area. So my yeah. my deepest yeah. apologies there. Yeah. Yeah. And Patrick's the one who is the rat. <laughs> Fellas from the TireRack.com studios. All right, Fake, so tell us, give me your top five. So I agree with you guys with Washington up top. Um, I was very, very, very hesitant to put Michigan at number two, but for the reasons you mentioned, Cuz, because unlike Georgia, at the very least, Michigan is leaving no doubt when they're out there on the field, right. regardless of who they're playing. They are running everybody off of the field. So I will put them at number two. I have Oregon at number three. I thought that game with Washington was nip and tuck and could have gone either way. And I think from a team standpoint, Oregon is better defensively, but they just, you know, being on the road at Washington, I think that played itself out very well. So I have Oregon third, Florida State fourth, and I have Ohio State fifth. So Georgia doesn't make my cut. Georgia in your top five. No, I don't. Based on this is based off of the eye test of what I've seen so far. Yeah, and listen, that's fair. I you know what's funny? I struggle with them a little bit too. I struggled like, my first three, like, I like Florida State a lot. Like, I think Florida State's a good team. I love Florida State. We talked about Florida State, LSU to start the season, how much I like Florida State coming yeah. into the season. So. Yeah, yeah, you called the, – the, I thought that was impressive win. It was. You know, so – because LSU, LSU's offense is Oh, legit. God. Daniels is amazing. If they had one fewer loss, Daniels would be in the Heisman conversation. Totally. Yeah, His numbers totally. are stupid. Yeah, totally. So, I, I put a lot of weight. So, that's why I got them third – if you want to tell me that Oregon is four five, you know I hear you. Like I, I'm feel I, and maybe I do. Like it's funny we were talking about. We started this segment talking about Georgia bias, and I guess me having them in the top five is kind of illust- you know, an illustration of that because I, I sit there and go. How do I not put Georgia five four or five? And and I look at Ohio State and I go. As long as they win, like I had Ohio State, if like they lost today to Penn State, it would be Oregon. Because mm-hmm. you're right, Fig. You know you, that game was a tough game on the road, and they acquitted themselves really well. And that conference is right there, a tick below the SEC. I think it's better than the SEC this year, top to bottom. To be yeah. honest, uh, yeah. I, listen, I like you. You could get me there. Yeah, but you, you I mean, I guess my counter to that is wins and losses do have to matter at some level, right? Correct. And they lost that football game. And frankly, why am I giving them more credit for that 
for for where they are with a loss on the resume than I would give Texas. Well, this is also Texas. Texas beat Alabama at Alabama. Like you know, the Texas thumped Kansas, who is you know I know Kansas isn't a juggernaut, but Kansas has at least been fringe top twenty five throughout the course of this year. So Kansas is five and two. Like Texas has a couple of wins that are at least you know noteworthy. So I think if you're going to give Oregon credit for a epic close oh my god I can't believe we lost that moment then I have to give Texas that same credit for their oh my god I can't believe we lost that moment to Oklahoma don't well, I? Well yeah Kansas also didn't have Jalen Daniels which is a humongous difference maker uh, in that game I mean yeah but it was I mean but the game was 40 to 14 right like it, it is a huge difference well, maker but it ended that it way it was close at the first half but it was like 40 to 14 is still 40 to 14. Yeah well I mean that's I mean you, you take Bo Nix away from Oregon or take you know I mean that's a huge difference a quarterback in college football means a lot I'm not saying that they would have won the game, but I do think that makes a big difference if you're factoring that in. And again, the criteria that Anthony gave was based on the eye test and what you've seen, not based on like a playoff ranking. So as far as how the teams have looked to me, I think Oregon looks like a better team on the field on paper than, say, a Florida State or or Ohio State or a Georgia. I have a hard time. I, I think at times this year, Texas has looked as good as anybody, and I'll go back to that Alabama game at Alabama being like a, a, a huge moment. I mean, Quinn Ewers went off in that game, right? We've seen Quinn do yeah, that a couple sure. of times this year. Uh, so I, I think, you know, and that was on the road. So, like, that's just, for me, when I'm thinking about, you know, and Bo Nix certainly played well and played very well in that game against Washington. I, I take nothing away from Oregon, but I think if, if I'm looking at just the eye test of, you know, of the one lossers, uh, then Texas, in my mind, goes ahead of Oregon, I think, for right yeah. now. Matt, that's that's fair. Absolutely. That's interesting. Uh, that's that's interesting you said that, Fitzy. I, I, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm overly impressed by the Pac-12, Fitzy. I, I think Figgy has a point, you know, about the, just the strength of that conference. You, you're, you're – you're loving the big some Big Twelve. I mean, you talk about Kansas. Your your Oklahoma love is there, so you're really I, feeling the Big Twelve. I like the top of the Big Twelve. I think you guys are right. I mean, I think the Pac-12 right now is doing remarkable things. Especially, you know, we love quarterbacks, and, and quarterbacks have been great. And the the best of the best in the Pac-12 have been balanced. Like I think the reason I thought Oregon would ultimately have a, a real shot at winning that game over Washington is I think Oregon's defense is really underrated. So I, you know, I don't want to take anything away from the Pac-12. It is think, underrated. That's yeah, right. The Pac-12 yeah. is playing playing great right now, and this is uh, y'all like this is the perfect reason, like the perfect year for there to be conversation about why we're expanding the playoff next year because no doubt. you cannot tell me that we wouldn't be flocking to because in theory Oregon right now if the playoffs were starting Oregon's probably not in it from the committee you can't tell me we wouldn't be flocking to see if a one loss Caleb Williams and a one loss Bo Nix can go in and recreate magic in the play right like I mean this this year is the compelling pay, play case for playoff expansion for next year oh, and there's still yes. debate if you're talking about who makes number 12 because if you just look at right now, based off of the AP Top 25, Alabama's 11, Oregon State's 12, Ole Miss is hovering around, Utah, Notre Dame, Tennessee, SC is no. 18th. Hey, and like, no, Notre Dame has to be in it. 
You were, I mean, again, so the argument against playoff expansion hey, after, was always after I put forty-eight up. I, mean, I know yeah. that defense stinks and all, but well, the defense actually—the funny part is the defense actually played pretty yeah. decently. Yeah. They were just placed in terrible yeah. situations yeah. by the yeah. offense last week. Yeah, it's true. But there will be compelling arguments for you know. 13, 14, 15, 16 most years because the argument against expansion was like, oh, well, we don't have these debates about who the top four yeah, or five yeah, are. Yeah. The same debate's going to be had, you know, at the you know at the bottom part now when we expand to 12, who 13, 14, and 15 yeah. is as opposed to who 5, 6, and 7 is. It's the same like, argument. You want to tell me that we won't be stacking that, that conversation we have for every sport and every playoff. Oh, man, you really don't want to face insert barely right. made it into right. the playoffs team here. That's going to be, oh, nobody really wants to face Nick Saban in the playoffs, do they? Uh, the 12-seeded Alabama is going to be dangerous. Or if Caleb Williams can just sneak in, you never know what's going to happen. Like Those will become the dominant conversations. No sure. doubt. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing, though, uh, as we were talking about. Let's bring up Florida State for a second because – Tonight's a great, big game, man. It's a good game. That Duke team is, is a tester. Yeah, that's a tester. That team, that team's a good team. No, I think Florida State will win. I mean, they're a fourteen point favorite, but that team's a tester, man. I wonder what that line would be if their quarterback will be playing, and that's the issue. Yeah. Riley Leonard yeah. is most likely not going to be in that game, and I don't think the spread would be fourteen. Now, maybe it'd be seven. I still yeah, think I think, I think still Florida State yeah. would still be favored. Yeah. Uh, but you know that that's part that defense is amazing, absolutely amazing. It really is. Yeah. For that's what why Elko this is done a big there. opportunity. Like for Florida State, this is a big opportunity to get a big statement win, especially without Riley Leonard playing. I think margin of victory. Like now they call it game control instead, but like yes. game control becomes a big part of this for Florida State. Like you have the chance to go out and just absolutely clearly thump a team without their starting quarterback that will still look good on the resume, and then also everybody will look at it and be like, yeah, but you know Duke was pretty good this year. You know Duke, Duke's got a little run with it too because they've got Florida State and then they got Louisville, right? So they got and then uh, North Carolina after that. So Duke has some some big games coming up. I'm genuinely curious because I like this Duke defense a lot. I like this Duke football team a lot but I could also see a world where they pick up three more losses Mm -hmm. and by the end of the year we're like oh that Duke thing was cute but you know uh, not nearly what we thought it would be but uh, yes 100% this is a huge night I think for Florida State to go out just continue they're just they're going to try and make statements every time they step on the field because they want the playoff committee to notice them when when the playoffs come out and you mentioned North Carolina Fitzy don't sleep on them they're unbeaten too and they don't play Florida State so that could be the ACC championship game and it would not surprise me at all if there's a one-loss North Carolina team going into the ACC title game against Florida State. Oh, that'd be crazy. That would be crazy. How about like, Mac Brown doing his thing? They're just, yeah, they're, they're like under the radar this year, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, bam, that happens. It, yeah. And it's very possible. Yeah, it is. All right, let's take a quick T.O. We'll come right back, and don't forget, next hour we dive into the NFL. And how about that Thursday night game? Jeez. <laughs> Your boy Carr. Oh my God. <laughs> I feel my worse boy. for Foster. I feel worse for my guy Foster Moreau. Oh, Talk about guys I feel terrible for. Your head, right, your head fingertips, guys. There's a Raider connection right there. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Jeez. God, you guys. I feel sorry for you guys. Wow. All right, fellas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by The American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, The American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Fellas, from the TireRack.com studios. So what's on tap for today there, Fitz? You're going to go to the bar, watch the games? You got a party tonight, or is that last night? The big? Uh, no, I think, I think you know, it's, there's definitely uh, going to be, like, open air sort of sports bar watching today. You know, I think... That you you learn, uh, you know, you're outside all day. Dude. You know, you, you're out there with the fam all day. You know, you're doing the thing where you guys are, are doing all the youth sports and you get to experience the, the joy of weather, right? Like, I've realized oh, that. God, it's I rained spent- every Saturday for the last, since, since, since the fall started. Okay, I've been well- in slogging in the mud <laughs> on the sidelines. All right. Watching eighth grade football and fifth grade football. And then worse. Being in, in in cold, wet drizzle for fall baseball for eleven U. Oh, you make Dude. it sound so all, like I'm I just mean, saying I that, love it, so I'm not saying it. I'm not complaining, but it's it mild. Like it's not exactly like I hear you. Oh, the open air in Nashville. It's to be seventy two as I watch Ohio State Penn State with uh, mimosa. You're not wrong. Maybe that's because, you know, not being in Connecticut for a second where, like, you know, everything's already super cold and, and gross. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I, I spend. It's closer to Connecticut than it is uh, Nashville. Yeah. I mean, I, I realize that I'm spending, you know, roughly, I don't know, 12 to 14 hours 
uh, each day on the weekend sitting in my basement looking at TVs. So I just decided today feels like the right day to go out and, you know, be among the people and, you know, Uber somewhere to be responsible and, uh, and maybe, good. maybe 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 have a, a few, few cocktails while I'm watching some uh, football. Like, it just feels like that's the right way to go today. It feels like a, a cocktail and football sort of afternoon. Oh, my God. That sounds dreamy, Figgy. Are you kidding me? It does. I'm jealous. It sounds. Oh dreamy. man, Figgy, come on! You're in California, like you're. you're, you're I am. Tell me, tell me, you're not going to go somewhere that involves French toast sticks and mimosas for football. <laughs> I would love to, but see though, this today is going to be one of those days where I have a lot of logistical issues because there's a thing. Yeah, there's things you got to do. They got you got the well, honeydew, the honeydew stuff that is uh, sort of unavoidable. Like so, what? Like, give us an example. Uh, well, look, we're, we're having uh, construction done in our kitchen, and there are pieces that we have to buy that need to be exchanged, and we have to meet with this person oh, and go there. God, it's stuff horrible. like that. So, oh. like, I have to, like, all right, so Ohio State, Penn State's at 9 a.m. local time. That'll end around noonish, give or take. Jet over, do an errand or two, hopefully get back and catch at least most of the Tennessee-Alabama game. Probably going to miss a quarter or so of that. After that ends, more of the afternoon to do more honeydew stuff, and then hopefully by then be be able to be back home to catch USC and uh, Utah that night. This is going to sound like a cop out, y'all, but like because you know between here and then also everything I do for Yahoo, I cover so much college football and NFL. I feel like I I just have to be locked into games, otherwise I'm playing catch up all week. So oh yeah, my my honey do list sort of life is well, always going to be Mondays, yeah. Mondays and Tuesdays for me. Like so, I like I I am just I, I will always have to be sitting somewhere where I can consume as much as possible but there are times where like you're sitting there in the middle of especially on college football saturday if you start to get into like the middle of the blowout hours and you sit there and think okay all of these games are out of control then you're almost looking for something to do so like there's probably a happy medium but i don't really know what it is i usually end up on saturdays and sundays you know just stuck into it Uh, cousin well like how many what do we have 17 games today that for the for the family okay so i was at a field last night because we had a baseball game last night tournament and and my son was horrendous <laughs> oh i was so angry because his attitude was not right i you know not that he missed because he misplayed a fly ball all right had an excuse oh the lights daddy okay bad at bats was not focused okay but you know that was last night nuke day he's got a game this morning at ten forty-five. We're done at nine. I will put on sneakers, go to the field. All right. Then my man has two football games. So he plays. Jeez. You play for Bishop Sycamore? Two football <laughs> games? So because it's his first year playing and he's playing pretty well, they have him playing both. He plays quarterback for JV mm-hmm. and then he plays receiver for the varsity. There you go. So he'll have two games today. So he's got a baseball game. This is what I do to that poor kid. He's got a game at 1045. He's got a football game at 130. And then a football game at 315. And then the big one has a football game at 615. And that's a big game. Under the lights. So you have a full day of football. It's just not college football. That's what it sounds like to me. Dude, I, I I got 
fifth grade. Yeah. All right. Then My hips grade. are sore just listening right. to the amount of running they're going to. Oh, do. and you know, Fitz is like his son who's playing the four games is going to wake up Sunday morning and like play play pick up basketball for like three straight hours. Oh That's what gosh. you can do when you're that age. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes. Although I'll have Sunday baseball. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> Because the weekend, the play, the tournament runs the whole weekend. Jeez, these dads know that their parents know this stuff. I've never right, felt so old. NFL coming up next. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. It's 7 a.m. in the east, 4 a.m. in the west on a Fox football Saturday. Fellas, come to you live. That's right. From the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Jason Fitz, I'm Anthony Gargano, Kevin Figures. We got our boys, Patrick, Money, Mark, who are producing Fell is also brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself. Discover.com slash match. All right. Uh, we've been big day of college football. We talked about last hour. We got into the baseball, which was just absolutely incredible. I mean, the theater that October baseball. I was, I've been crying the blues all morning about the Phillies blowing the game last night. But the the theater that October baseball brings is just incredible. Houston, right about to go down three two in Texas, losing four two after the Garcia home run. Here's Altuve, and he just buries one. 5-4 Strohs win. They go back, and they can clinch it on Sunday. Oh, my, just an amazing. And then, of course, the Diamondbacks, even the series, they were down 2-0. They come home. They may have won two nail biters over the Phillies. Uh, game five tonight, Wheeler. It's a great pitch matchup, too. Wheeler versus Gallon. Tonight for Game Five, I and and Fitzy, we you know obviously we took a lot of college football and great football. We'll get to the NFL in just a moment, but October baseball theater is one of the greatest things ever. Yeah, it, there is this moment where the way it pulls everybody's attention, the the atmosphere around the games. You know this. We talked about it last week. Like it feels different in Philadelphia, right? Like it, as I was thinking about what you were just saying with the series being tied two two and getting a, an epic pitching pitching matchup tonight. I just kept thinking about how different last night's game and tonight's game are going to look. And that's one of the other things that are incredible. Like in most sports, when you start getting in a best of seven NBA series. It normalizes you have a really good idea of what you're going to get in any NFL season. It normalizes you have a really good idea of what you're going to get, what games are going to look like, right? That's that's sort of standard. I think one of the beauties of Major League Baseball playoffs is that every single game seems to have its own identity in the wildest of ways. To think that last night there were 732 pitchers used, that's roughly accurate. And then Uh tonight we're going to have the exact opposite. Last night was one of those nights where you can't count on anything. Tonight both teams are putting up what they can count on. So it's just it's amazing how different every night feels. And I think that's part of what makes 
particularly, you know, October baseball feel different at times to me than the NBA playoffs or even the Stanley Cup uh, run, which I, I absolutely adore. It just feels different because those series get more predictable. Major League Baseball series get less predictable. Yeah. No, that's a great point. It, it really is. And it's also why – now, I'll ask you, Fig, this question. Should they – because I've often thought they need to lop off a handful of games and really expand the playoffs. You make it seven games across the board, right, after your wild card round, and then give a little space, like one day. Like you can play back-to-back, but back-to-back-to-back, I think it's tough, and it's tough when you're pitching – should you lop off some – create some room, some space? This way you don't have to play back-to-back-to-back? I mean, no other playoff like the NBA doesn't do anything like that. No. I don't know if you necessarily even have to lop off, you know, games in the regular season. You can just make the NLDS seven games and just maybe the World Series ends a week and a half later than it does now. I don't think that really affects a lot. I do think, to your point – you shouldn't have three consecutive games in the postseason. The stakes are way too high. High leverage relievers are going to pitch more often. You mentioned, you know, especially the way that the game is is managed now. Right. We talked about it earlier in the show. You know, starters just don't go as deep as they used to. Now they look; they certainly can if you want to design your staff that way. But nobody pitches that way. It just puts more of a burden on your bullpen. So three games in a row in a series this important. I think should be done away with. If you think it's stretching, look, nobody stretches themselves out more than the NBA playoffs. I mean, they think lasts 19 months straight. God, so, yeah. I mean, it, there's if you extend the baseball postseason by an additional week and a half to two weeks, I, I don't think it's the worst possible thing, especially if we can avoid situations like we're going to face tonight. I mean, these guys might stay in there and get shelled and just keep having to wear it because they don't have any arms left. Yeah. Yeah, they're I also think that would be a win. Yeah. I think that'd be a win for TV partners too. Oh yeah, you know, when you start thinking about back to back to back, but now you're putting that third portion of that on a Saturday night. You're, you're putting it up against a, a long day of college football. Exactly. But what else are you mm-hmm. going to do? Like you're going to put it up against the NFL tomorrow. Not if you can avoid it, right? So like, you know, spacing these things out would be better for TV too, because live sports always wins on television. And if you and I'm sure the TV partners wouldn't complain about having the division series potentially go two extra games. <laughs> That's just more money in their in the pockets of Major League Baseball. So that makes too much sense to not do. Yeah, I, I'm I'm completely with you. I I hate the back to back to back. I just yeah, just, it's just ridiculous. I don't. So I I I'm not a Manfred fan. I I I just don't like some of the things he does and these little these little things matter. It really does, and it's a shame. Yeah, and I don't know this. This look, this could have been a C League thing. I don't. I'm not sure, exactly sure back in history how long this has been going on, but it definitely is. It's something that's been had that's happened on on the regular for as long as I can remember. One yeah. of the series definitely has three consecutive games played on three consecutive days for whatever reason, and it, it yeah. just isn't necessary. It isn't. Uh, all right, big NFL weekend. We got a couple great matchups, man. In the early games, Lions at Ravens, I think, is a really good, good. That's an interesting game. I'm really looking forward to that. A little bit later on, you're going to have Chargers and Chiefs, which is going to be an interesting game. And then uh, you got Dolphins and Eagles tomorrow night, which is a potential Super Bowl matchup. I mean, the games tomorrow, Fitzy, are fantastic. Really good matchups. 
Yeah, the, sort of the stop the clock, set the timer, and just say, okay, I, I'm only going to watch this right now. Like we, at the end of every show, we say like, all right, what's the thing you're yeah, watching? Yeah, we watching, yeah. You know, but, but I'm looking at this, and it's like it's almost impossible to figure that out for Sunday because Miami and Philly is absolutely, I think, for most of the country, it is that destination game. But, man, this Lions game against That's this Baltimore defense, it's getting better. This Baltimore offense that, uh, you know, I think is starting to click. Lamar's clicking a little bit more, and Baltimore certainly feels – feels like I don't want to say their backs are up against the wall. I don't know that it's that desperate, but if you're if you're Baltimore, you need to start putting together some good games. You know, they they beat the Titans in a game that was closer than it should have been after they tried to get the stink out of the Steelers loss. You know, there's this moment where I keep thinking this is the week the Ravens really separate, but frankly, I think the Lions have a great opportunity Sunday to really come in and make a statement about who they are and who they're going to be. This Lions offense, if you were picking up, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you were picking up Madden today and you were like, hey, we could pick any offense. Now, obviously, Miami would be first for most people. I think the Lions might, just by the, the names that they have for their skill position players, even though they haven't been healthy, they still, you can look across the board and say, man, if this offense ever actually gets healthy, it's almost unstoppably good. I, I, the Lions are stunning they are I, I i i completely agree with that i i love i really like this line team. the only thing i'm trying to figure out is all right we know that the eagles and the niners despite the losses are still the class of the nfc dallas i still don't trust and then i try to figure out where the lions fit in do you have you guys have any kind of you know, feeling on where the Lions fit. I'll go to you first. Where do, where do the Lions fit in here? They're that next tier below. Like, look, I think until, unless and until they get a victory or even just show below themselves. Below Dallas, too? Uh, no, 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 no. They're better than Dallas. Okay. I'm talking about Philadelphia and San Francisco. Okay. I don't put Dallas right. in that same tier with those two. It's, right. Those two are a cut above. Then it's everybody else. I will put Detroit at the top of that list of everybody else right now uh, in the NFC. Uh, you know, absent uh, you know a, a competitive game or a victory over a team like San Francisco or Philadelphia, who I don't believe they play either of those teams this year, um, so that'll be tough sledding. And maybe they play them in the postseason, and we'll see what happens. But uh, as of right now, I know Philadelphia is not necessarily playing the best. I know they're dealing with some injuries, and San Francisco coming out of last week is too. I would still place Detroit just a maybe just a small cut below those two. Uh, All right, Fitzy, you talked uh, about it, and you gave a great ode to the Lions. Where do they fit in? uh, I think they're on the same tier. I I think right now the the reason – there are two reasons that we don't want to give the Lions their flowers right now. It's Detroit. We're not used to it, and we still think of Jared Goff as being something less than spectacular. But realistically, when you look at the the, just the defensive metrics for Detroit – they are through the roof. I mean, this Detroit defense was terrible for a while last year, and now it is absolutely playing next level. So, like, yeah, is it is it Cleveland's defense? Maybe not, but is it on par with the better defenses in the league? Yeah, I, at this point, the Lions have a top five, top seven defense in the NFL to yeah. go along with an offense that can beat you a million ways to go along with skill position that it has speed at every position, again, when they can get healthy. I, I feel like the Lions are absolutely in the same tier right now. Like, we just saw Brock Purdy have a bad game, and I don't think that's the end of the world. I think there's some, like, middle of middle of the ground on all of this. I, the 49ers are the best team, top to bottom, roster-wise, coaching-wise. I think they're still the best team right now in the NFL. But if yeah. I was looking, if I'm if I'm taking, you like, really number two. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me just back you up one second because you know, we got to Set them off. Here we go. We got into the Purdy 
situation. And he was abysmal last week. And I still go, can you trust him? Does well, he? I mean, they, they're not players, better than Kansas City. A I'm lot of sorry. players would be abysmal if they lose one of the best players in the league in Chris McCaffrey and a pretty damn good receiver as well in Debo Samuel early in the game in the first half. And by the way, as poorly as he played, had he a great horrible. drive. I stopped. He, he had was a, horrible. As he poorly got, he as he played, kick. he got, got in a makeable field goal range for them to have a chance to be able to win the game, and the kicker missed it. So... As poorly as he played, he, for 89 he made the plays that he needed to to put them in a position to try to win the game when it mattered most. Oh God! So no, Here the problem go. you have is like you're trying to you acting like we're trying to paint him as some Hall of Famer. We're not. You we're just saying went, he's a good oh, starting went quarterback. Crazy last week. No, we did. What did we say last you, week? Oh, How did we go no, crazy? You guys were okay, crowding him. I thought you guys crowding him as what? You guys were you guys were building you got a, a slab of marble and we're building a statue of him. That is so inaccurate, and you know I mean, it. Uh, you know, what was the I, I said the question about the top whatever quarterback and, and Fitzy goes into this ode. He's I gonna mean, get paid. I He's mean, gonna get paid. I, I mean, yeah, I that's what was, the market I was dictates. More romantic with my wife. No, that you were with with, with Purdy. We say he's you excelling. Said he w- oh, I would pay him. Uh, I'd write the check now. I mean, hey, crazy. you might as well get ahead of it. You might as well get ahead of it. But, Pete, oh, also, let's just take a look at – let's take a look. I Montana. keep saying let, Let's go ahead and look back at, at Peyton Manning's 13th, 14th, and 15th Again, you invoke Peyton Manning. Don't, yeah. don't put Peyton Manning and Brock Purdy in the same sentence. Well, look, Brock I'm, doesn't have enough games under his belt. Who knows what right. he's going to end up being. But, but oh, that's my, my, my point. My point oh, is my like, God. Look at the two of them. Look at the, the one. one. I don't know. Look at Drew Brees. What does he look like? Oh, he looks God. the same size and stature to me. And Drew Brees, who I saw every snap he took with the Chargers, didn't look like the same quarterback after he destroyed his shoulder and went to the Saints and turned into one of the best quarterbacks ever. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Brock Purdy. I'm just saying you can't that's just write a, a guy off. To invoke. How? I'm not writing him off. You are writing him I'm off. I'm just not saying he's going to be I'm not saying Drew Brees. I'm, no, I'm saying that if, if one of, ready, if not and, the— And Fitzy's ready to pay him. If, if one of, if not the greatest quarterbacks of all time, one of, like Peyton Manning, can have a bad 13th, 14th, and 15th start in the NFL, I think we could probably forgive Brock Purdy for not being perfect not, in his 13th, 14th, 15th start. Listen, I don't expect him to be like it lights out every game. I don't expect it. You sure are waiting for him to to have a hiccup last week? Well, that's because you, that I only one. texted you guys about <laughs> Purdy's numbers because we had the debate about you know he's Fitzy's got a, a, a armored truck in his I mean, driveway. La, la, I, I don't know, guys. Jalen Hurts. You leverage Maybe maybe he's done. You know, maybe he's washed. That's maybe what Jaylen I said. Jalen Hurts, Jaylen no good, Hurts like, three turnovers. It, man, he's no, he's over. Yeah, three yeah. turnovers. That might, might be yeah, he's okay. like bum. Quarterbacks have bad games. Uh, San Francisco still got the best roster. Especially like, got the best roster. They the best do have coach. the best roster. You're right. So, they have yeah. the best roster. So I don't disagree. Other than quarterback, in the league, they have the best roster. Yeah, as as a whole, if I was just going to go in and be like, who has the best roster today in the NFL? Uh, it's the San Francisco 49ers. If if I was asked today, who has the best uh, coach in the I NFL? Bet. I would say it's the San Francisco. 49ers. I disagree. I, 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 best I coaches in okay. Kansas City. Uh, yeah, actually, I'll give you that. I will give you that. Yes, Andy Reid deserves more. I, I have undersold Andy Reid. You are right. If uh, I'll say top three coach, and then I'll give you. I'll give you. Uh, I like Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. I I like Shanahan. I like their defense a ton. So I do. that's what and they have really that's good why, like, Debo. I, I love Debo. I love Ayuk. I mean, McCaffrey stands on his own. You know, I mean, listen, it's a great team. I, I, I didn't say anything other than that. My only point to you was last week. I'm not 
gave it. I you're ready to write a check. A big yeah, check. It's inevitable. The, yeah, I, that's I, just I, how it's the, inevitable. Yeah, you, you're I, gonna I, have to. I, pay. And I go. I need to see a lot more before I, before I crown this kid anything. It, well, keep this in mind. He's got a four-year deal, right? So as he's now in year two of the four-year, the only the only more you're going to see is one more season. They're going to have to right. figure it out by year yeah, four. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm not. That's why you in October. With a year and a half left, are writing him a big check. I'm not doing that. I'm waiting a year and a half. Yeah, but I'm a big believer, and if you think you got your guy, just go out and pay. Now, I don't him know. Now and that's where we disagree. Where we disagree is you think he's the guy. I I don't know. There's a part I mean, of me that also I'm feels dubious. they might have doubts as to whether he's the guy or not. I also need a larger sample you just size. Want to pile on with Fitzy. I'm actually agreeing with you here, but I can stop talking if you like, so it's fine. <laughs> no, I, don't, I'll stop. I don't want you to agree with me. I'll stop. I, I don't <laughs> yes. want you to agree with me. You already broke my balls about the Phillies. I don't need it. So to go back to this. is the only one who showed me we any compassion. Patrick <laughs> threw me under the bus. All right. Mighty Mark was half a creep. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Fitz is the only one who gave me some compassion today. Oh, man. Bleep y'all. Uh, so to, to run this all back, uh, I will say this. I think San Francisco is in a class in the, of their own in the NFC, and I think the Lions are on the same tier as the Eagles at this point. I think for this season, not what they've done in the past, but for where yeah. they are this season, I think the Lions are on that so tier. So your I would, tier goes Niners, then Eagles-Lions. Yes. And I, I would not tier be, goes Niners-Eagles, then Lions, then Cowboys. And maybe it's not fair. I feel like the Eagles have not played their best yet. And they can play better than how they're playing, and they're still 5-1. and one. I feel like, like Detroit, at least as of now, it's still early. We're, what, week six? Week, week. Maybe they'll play better, but it's hard for me to imagine them playing better than how they're playing right now, which is excellent. I can but see Philadelphia taking here. an extra it, step. Indulge me here, though, after the Ravens sure. game, for one second. Mm-hmm. The Lions have the Raiders, the Chargers, the Bears, the Packers, the Saints, the Bears, the Broncos, the Vikings, then the Cowboys, then the Vikings again. I think the Lions, if they just play the way they're playing right now, have a shot at a 13-win season without even trying. A 14-win season is pretty easy for this Detroit Lions team. This Detroit Lions team gets to 14, 13 wins. Because of how easy their schedule is, they're going to have the number one seed in the NFC. And when they have the number one seed in the NFC and they get to be at home for the playoffs, yeah, I, I can mean, listen, easily I see this Lions sure. team going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, listen, I mean, at home, that crowd would be wow. Look at that Super Bowl. Man. They'll get a first round buy. You got him in the Super Bowl. Then they'll, they'll get the first round buy. Let's say that's not crazy. You know what? I, no, no, like no offense to your Eagles, but that'd be pretty amazing if the Detroit Lions can make it to the Super Bowl. The I world would that. be rooting amazing. For that. The, listen, every team, I got no. I, I, I would agree. Listen, obviously, my biases would be. I'm an Eagle. I grew up an Eagle fan, so of course I love the Eagles. But as a sportsman. I mean, the Lions oh. would, would be, it would be a great story. That's I mean, America's yeah. team. Forget the Cowboys. Yeah. I, Every I, I fan base of a team that is sucked for generations yeah, we, would suddenly yeah, jump on that. Yes. Like, man, if the Lions can do it, any of us can't. Like, there's, yeah, there's a level of hope. They provide hope to, to everyone. No, I listen, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with any of that. All right, we're going to take a quick T.O. We'll come back, and we're going to play a little real or fugazi. Coming up next, fellas, on Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by The American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, The American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Fellas, live from the Tyrac.com studios. Hey, don't forget, football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio every Sunday morning, beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM, Brian No, my man, Jeff Schwartz, and professional better Bill Krakenberger, We'll have you covered three hours before kickoff every Sunday morning. Listen to Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM right here on Fox Sports Radio on the iHeartRadio app. All right. Fellas, also brought to you by Discover. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you've earned doubled. Seriously. See terms. Check it out for yourself. Discover.com slash match. All right, boys, time to play a little real or fugazi. Looks nice, but is it real? That's a fugazi. That's a fugazi. He's overcooked. He's done. He's fried. It's time to find out. Is it real? Is it fugazi? Real or fugazi? All right. Baseball ruled by analytics is a way just to cover your ass as a manager and ultimately a recipe for disaster. Is that statement real or fugazi, Fitzy? Oh. Mm. I think it's 
Ooh, I want to say it's Fugazi, but I think it's real. I think we said this earlier, but I, I just feel like if, if for anybody in any sport, but particularly when you're managing a game, you got to have such feel for the game and what's happening in the moment that analytics and data are an important part of how you make your decisions, but they can't be the reason you make your decisions. You got to know what situations lead to what, but you got to be smart enough to let the feel, uh, the feel come to you. That's what you're really getting paid for. So, you know, like you can tell me all day, I'll go back to my music roots. You can tell me all day that there's a, you know, that you have to have this many songs in a row that are up tempo, but nothing changes the fact that when you're in a concert, you can feel the crowd and the crowd tells you what you need to do next sometimes. So I think, you know, I think analytics are a crutch. So I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with real on this one. Yeah, I agree. It's an absolute crutch that most of, like 90% of Major League Baseball falls into this. And to Fitz's point, the numbers are important, but they're a data point. They're not the data point. You're dealing with human beings. Certain situations, you know, change the numbers. And for whatever reason, they decide to just fall back and assume that players are just machines. And they're obviously not. And I think it's actually refreshing that we have a couple of managers in the postseason right now, uh, and Bruce Bochy and Dusty Baker, yeah, who kind of. Numerically, let's be. Let's be uh, specific here because the National League is not the case. Yeah. Topper. Now, maybe it's coincidental that these two guys are there. Part of me thinks thinks that it's probably not, though. I think you have to be able to melt the old school with the new school. Those are the most successful teams, generally speaking. And ultimately, when you fall back on the analytic numbers, you end up having situations like what happened on Friday night to the Phillies. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, uh, just FYI, one more time, just to buttress my argument again. If it's you're up 2 0 to series and you got your face with back to back to back, you don't use your best reliever, all right, in the seventh inning and pitch him for two innings in, in a tie game. That's not even analytics. That's just common sense. That's just knowing that's old school exactly. managing. <laughs> like, know how to manage your club. Exactly. You're managing a series, not a game. Right, and Rob Thompson, the Phillies manager, did not do that, and I'm forever irritated. Irritated, Fitzy! (laughs) Cannot take it. All right, real or fugazi? Gummy candies, fugazi, real candies for Halloween, Reese Cup, Hershey bars, Kit Kats. Mm-hmm. That statement is fugazi because it's it's not either or it's both. Mm-hmm. Like, look, I, I I I am a candy connoisseur. Like, the inner fat kid in me is coming out in this one, and I'm going to tell you right now, there is no wrong answer to the candy game. But uh, what you got to provide is you got to provide opportunity for you know diversity in your candy portfolio. So, like, number one, you got like there are certain candies that always belong. For example, I would say although it's not gummy, I would believe that Skittles belong in any conversation now that they brought back the original lime and taken out sour apple. Like Skittles belong in any candy conversation as well as a Reese's peanut butter cup but like my inner old person will come in here and tell you like spice drops are also a delight like I'm not giving those out at Halloween but I'm just saying like I'm going to be a diversified candy portfolio so I want a bucket that has some some Reese's peanut butter cups in it some Sour Patch Kids in it some Skittles in it some you know Kit Kats in it like you got to bring all of that together it's neither neither it's not either or it's both and you better believe it around my parts it's a uh, it's full-size candy bars because there's only one way to go like there you, you go to full-size bar Oh, I'm going full size bar. Sport, I love it. You know, I spend all year budgeting for my my full size bar allotment. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. 
100, yeah, 100% Fugazi. So Fitzy had his inner fat kid. I have my literal fat kid, which I was <laughs> when I was a child. You have to be able to taste the rainbow, cuz. I love all the chocolate. Chocolate's my favorite. I love it. But gummy bears, Sour Patch Kids, are you kidding me? No, you got to be able to, if you're going to throw it all into a giant vat and I can just reach my grubby little eight-year-old hands in there and just toss them into my mouth like a cartoon character, that is me. You got to be able to have a little bit of variety. So, no, that's absolutely Fugazi. There should be fairness for the chocolates as well as for the gummies. Bring them all to me. So I was watching this, by the way, I was watching this YouTube thing the other day that was just like literally just Halloween commercials from the 80s. It was just a full thing of Halloween commercials. It was nostalgia, right? Added on to the background. And I was amazed at one point when I was watching all these commercials that were like, hey, don't forget to have your parents look at your candy before you eat any of it. And I grew up in that era. And I was thinking about how, like, we always talk about how terrible the world is. Like, the world's never been worse than it is today. Let's acknowledge that there was a whole era where you came home with your candy. Like, you were told, only go to houses you know. And then you came home with the candy. And your parents had to inspect every candy bar because they were afraid kids were going to get poisoned or something was in the candy even yeah, all the, the way pe- back Where was the it? They, they, they were sticking, like, razor blades and stuff. Razor blades. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, it's crazy when you look back at how wild the world has been with Halloween for a long time. Insane. That's a good that's a good point. That is a really good point. Real Fugazi, there are more bad teams, bad coaching, bad quarterbacks than in years past in the NFL. That real Fugazi. I think that's real when you talk about bad teams, and it feels like the quarterback market is in the process of sort of resetting itself. Like we have all these young quarterbacks coming in, but every year we say, well, look at all these young quarterbacks coming in. And then how many of them actually work out, you know? So that becomes an even bigger part of it. So I'm, I'm actually going to go real on all of it. I think it feels like there are more teams desperately hunting for quarterbacks in the first round than we're used to seeing over the last three or four years. It's just, it's the common thing and they're getting it wrong. So all of a sudden you end up, you know, you end up with a Mac Jones. You end up with the Daniel Jones. Uh, all the Joneses. You know, you end up. Uh, so you end up with a uh, a Wilson, right? Like all, all the all the way across the board. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Bad quarterbacks and bad teams. Yeah, I feel like there's a combination of a higher level of both of those. I'll go real. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll say real as well. There's not. There's really not one dominant, you know, team that's kind of running away from the pack. And really, we talk about how great the AFC is, but even those teams have their share of flaws. And as far as great quarterback play, I really feel like there's only a couple of great quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes, throw Josh Allen in there. But really, I mean, Joe Burrow's not playing that well right now. Justin Herbert's not having the greatest season so far. So you would think with the all with things being slanted so much toward offenses these days that the quarterback position will be played at a more at a higher, more efficient level than it is at this very moment in time. Maybe there's guys that can break through. Trevor Lawrence is not having the kind of season people thought he would, even though the Jags are winning. Uh, maybe he'll get there at a certain point. But yeah, I'll agree. The offense, uh, the, the teams in general, and the offense in general when it comes to the quarterback position could definitely be better. Real or Fugazi, the NBA needs to start later. There's not enough room in the sports calendar with the NFL, college football, and then the World Series looming that NBA gets lost. Start it later like it should have been. Real or Fugazi? Figgy's going to hate this answer, but it's real. 
in fact, you could get rid of any need for load management too. Just lop off a bunch of games, start it on Christmas Day, let everything happen after that. Like, I, I, it's just, and I would say the same thing again. I'll, I'll go back to the fact that I love the NHL, but my God, is anybody like the? I'm sitting here as I do this show in a Vegas Golden Knights hoodie. Is anybody oh, paying attention awesome. to the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights are undefeated? No, nobody's paying attention to that. Like, it's just right now. It's just all, all they're doing is bleeding the super fans dry with uh, ticket money at this point. So yeah, start it later. Uh, let it let it uh, get rid of those games. Let bodies heal more. I'd be all in for that for the NBA. You could have more. You could spend more time focused on it if it wasn't trying to cram down your throat in October. And you're right about hockey. Like, come on, stop. It's too soon. <laughs> you're right. Let me go with the baseball finish. I was just Vegas. at the, the Vegas Golden Knights parade like two months ago, and now all of a sudden we're already back into this thing. Nah, it's too I soon. Know. You know, I'm not going to disagree with you, Fitzy. I'm going to say I'm going to say real. And as much as I do like the NBA, you guys have a point. It gets lost in the muck. We're in knee deep in college football and the NFL and Major League Baseball is coming down to it. At the very least, wait until the World Series is over. And quite honestly, Christmas Day might be much but probably wait until December 1st. Maybe yes. wait until the college football regular season is over and we yes. get into, we start playing the Tax Slayer Bowl or whatever other bowl games no one's going to watch. Wait till the World Series is over. Yeah, to just give uh, you know give the other sports start room to breathe. I mean, I don't, they, yeah, no I think I'm starting the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. I'll be okay with that. I think like, you, I, yeah, I, and that's and that's only a couple of more weeks that you're delaying right. it at that point in time. So yeah, I I agree with you guys. I think it, it's starting at completely the wrong time. It gets completely lost. It should be a celebration of the sport. The opening day for any sport yes. should be a celebration. It's going to get lost in the muck on Tuesday because the ALCS or the NLCS is going to be going on, and who knows? It might be MAC football that people are going to be watching instead. Exactly, and and I listen. I love the NBA. It's why I'd say that because. It frustrates me, and the NHL. It frustrates me because I just don't have enough bandwidth right. to dive in early. And I love the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you know, you're so right, so right. Did December first. Can I add one more sport to this? Like, sure. I love college basketball, but I like, agree. No, ain't nobody paying attention to college basketball. Like when they're, they're, they're going to do their big, you know, oh, it's you know the midnight madness yeah, thing. Yeah. Nobody's going to be paying attention to that when that happens. Yeah. Like it just they they could make things so much better. I, this has been my annual beef with college basketball. Is like the Sunday after. Uh, the Sunday after the end of the NFL season, I would put the biggest matchups in college basketball at one o'clock Eastern. Totally, I have a whole day on of Sunday. It. Right, yeah. like you just give me, give me Duke Kansas right then. Like give right. me brands that everybody knows right then. Like it's just I, I don't know why they don't focus. You know why? On because they all think that their sport is is the sun, right? Yeah. And yeah. they got to realize that the sun is the NFL. All right, and the whole th- that's it, and then the moon. Is the, if you look at it, it should be the whatever is all they're happening, arcing toward like you have baseball as a World Series. So there's no need to start NHL, NBA until when that's done. And then strategically put the opening and celebrate your sport in the beginning. How hard is it? How many times, Figgy, have we gone over the Gargano plan? Well, which and one? It's all work. <laughs> there's, been, there's been 50 Gargano plans, depending on the sport and, and the all, time and, of year. And, you're, and you actually have come, come on, out on all of them. them. On most yeah. of them, yes. By the way, to Fitz's point on college basketball, because typically college basketball, the best matchups are at the very beginning of the season, and nobody watches them. No. <laughs> nobody no. cares. No. And it's sad. 
have the tournaments, whatever, at the end of the – I agree, at the end of uh, football, at the yep. end of the Super Bowl. I completely agree. All right, real Fugazi, Paulie, played by Burt Young, who just passed away, was the real reason that Rocky became anything, including beating Apollo in the rematch because he unlocked the meat. And because he <laughs> unlocked the meat – he forced Rock to go to the body, which ultimately hurt Apollo. Real or Fugazi? Uh, that feels pretty real to me. I'm like, and by the way, I don't think it. I'm going to argue with, with you about a Rocky <laughs> plot line. But also, like, I was, I thought when you first said was the reason Rocky became anything, I thought you were just going to talk about the movie as a cultural phenomenon. I might have even bought into that. Like, I, the, I, I don't think you can give Bert enough credit for what that role meant for that movie. So, yeah, I, I'm all in. I'm all in a little R.I.P. to Bert Young. I don't know how you can argue against that. <laughs> it seems fairly obvious See, to me. There's no way. Almost, you kidding me? I, no pushback there. I'm no. shocked. Really? Yeah. No. That's awesome. All right. I'm glad. Good luck. We we got some love. I got another love for Burt Young coming up. But first, Figgy, hit us with some trending, bro. All right. Well, you're not going to love me for this. Uh, the NLCS is tied at two games apiece <laughs> after Arizona, Arizona rallied for a 6-5 to five victory over Philadelphia on Friday night. D-backs trailed 5-2. to two. Going into the seventh, Alec Thomas tying the game with a two-run home run in the eighth, and that was followed by a go-ahead RBI single by Gabriel Moreno later in the inning, giving the Snakes the victory. Game five will be tonight at 8 Eastern. The Astros on the verge of clinching their third straight berth in the World Series after they defeated the Rangers in game five of the ALCS, 5-4 to four the final there as Jose Altuve hit the go-ahead three-run home run in the ninth. That series now shifts back to Houston for game six on Sunday night on FS1 at 8 Eastern. College football on Friday night, SMU with a 55 to nothing victory over Temple. In college basketball, since we were talking about it a second ago, Duke agreeing to a six-year contract extension with head coach John Shire. Back to the fellas. All right, that's us, fellas. We'll be back in uh, Ode to Burt Young and the word creep. That's coming up next, fellas on Fox. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer songwriter and composer John Batiste the all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, 
bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Fellas, live from the Tyrac.com studios, Jason Fitz, Anthony Gargano, and then, of course, from our man, Kevin Figures, Figgy and Fitzy and Cuz and Mighty Mark and Patrick in for the Shea today. Uh, real quick, two things. One, earlier in the program, as I am wounded today from a terrible loss last night, and now all of a sudden the Phillies are in peril. I still think they win the series, but all of a sudden 2-0 lead evaporates and the young Diamondbacks have momentum. And I'm kind of I was kind of ornery from the way the manager managed that game and his pitching staff. So, uh, you know, you guys are busting my chops, which fellas should do, and I applaud. And I called Mighty Mark half a creep. And Patrick said, yes, Mark was creepy. And I said, no. There's a difference between being creepy and being a creep. You agree, Fitzy? Uh, so, yeah, because if you're creepy, the whole room's a little uncomfortable. When yeah, you're, you're like, like, ew, a, creepy. Yeah, you're but creep, like, you're just like a creep. That guy's a creep. Now, yeah, Mighty Mark I, was half a creep, not a full creep. I'll buy that. I'll buy, I, that's real, not Fugazi, to call back to what we were just that, – that's totally real. Yeah. I'm in on that. You like that, Fig? Oh, 100%. You could, I'd rather be called a creep than creepy All any day. day of the week. All day. It's literally All day. the last thing Somebody you ever Somebody calls you creepy, especially yeah. a girl, you go, oh, oh no, God. that's That would be like the worst thing ever. That's why, yeah, that's probably quite literally the worst thing a woman could say about you. Yeah. Is that you're, you're creepy. Ah, because then you're repulsive. Right. Like a cre- creepy is repulsive. Like, ew. You make my skin crawl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's bad. That's the worst thing ever. That might be the worst thing you could call a dude mm-hmm. is creepy. Oh. Just think about like if, if a girl's mad at you and she says like the tone of her voice is so different for the two. Like if she's talking to her friends, it's like he's a creep is one. Yeah. Thing. Like, yeah. yeah. He's creepy. Like that's yeah, a totally creepy. different. Like, you're done. You're, yeah. that, you'll be done forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No good. <laughs> No good. I'm glad we got that. Also, uh, Burt Young, one of the great uh, character actors, was in a movie. One of my all-time favorites. I just bring it up because I'm a Burt Young fan. Burt Young looks like a guy who you could smell on the screen. <laughs> like, he looks like a dude who has <laughs> wild turkey breath. 
Like the funny thing like is, I know what you mean. It, right? I know what you mean. It's amazing. Like, I never. I remember there's a scene, right? And, and he's in this dive bar, and he's looking in a cracked mirror, fixing his like hair, whatever was left of it. And like his lips are like like you look at it and he, like he just took the swig of this wild turkey and you go ah oh. <laughs> like I know I met that guy before <laughs> Ew, that guy's creepy man <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out because you preface that by saying you're you're you know you're a big fan of a great character actor he is he's the guy because he was in this movie all right I don't know if any of you guys have seen this movie it's called the Pope at Greenwich Village. Mickey Rourke, and he's the he's like the neighborhood boss, and he's his name in the movie was Bed Bug Eddie, and <laughs> and Paul. And so Mickey Rourke's cousin, they, they steal money from him, right? And so they find out that they, they, he his cousin was one of the guys, at Charlie. And they took his thumb, or it was Paulie. They took his thumb. He actually cut off his thumb for stealing. And uh, it, it's a great, it's one of these great little movies. So if you ever never, get a chance to watch Pope of Greenwich Village, you got to watch it. I've never seen it. I'm just wondering what you say about actors you don't like. I mean, like, <laughs> uh, you feel like you could smell him on screen. Like, I just. <laughs> Well, that's part of the like part of the thing. Like, I, like you know, job. I don't. It's part of the I don't want to. Ha- you know, I didn't want to. I mean, God bless him, right? Like, right. It, it's part of the gift. You know, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> just like, yeah, you smell like a hoagie that's been sitting on the windowsill for two weeks. Right. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Fox. Football Saturday, live from the TireRack.com studios. We're the fellas. That's right. TireRack.com will help you get there. That's right. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And don't forget... We're uh, in the final stretch, right? Right for the Breeders' Cup, man. And we're in the final stretch to get tickets to horse racing's biggest moment of the year. The world's best are headed to Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup World Championships on November 3rd and 4th. The countdown begins now. Get tickets today. Breederscup.com. All right, fellas, big day. Uh, Let's go over... All that's on tap, the biggest of the big games. We uh, start noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, Ohio State at the shoe, hosting Penn State. This, guys, is a great matchup. And we'll finally learn a little bit about Penn State. Uh, we we kind of all agree they don't have the skill people that they've had in the past. Really good defensive front. I'm a big fan of Drew Alar, the quarterback, against Ohio State, which has all the skill people, but you look at his suspect defense. How do you handicap this one, Fitzy? I, look, I think the Notre Dame game actually makes a big difference in this game today. And my logic on that is that there is something even for the quarterback. You know, when you're McCord for Ohio State, 
you went into Notre Dame and you survived a weird game and you managed to win. So there is a little bit of an element of like, hey, I've been in that big pressure situation. We haven't seen Aller in that, right? We we don't really know what Penn State's going to look like in this situation. The biggest question I have is, can Ohio State's offensive line hold up? I think the answer to that is no, they can't. So now it comes down to one or two times of just flinging the football. But what's interesting is that Penn State has, I think, 27 sacks this year generated just from their defensive line, which means they're not having to send a bunch of people. They're not having to send a bunch of pressure. They're not having to send a bunch of help. They can just get after the quarterback. So this isn't a blitz and Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be wide open situation. If Ohio State's offensive line can't hold up, it's going to get ugly for Ohio State throughout the course of the game. That's why I just feel like points are at a premium in this one, and it comes down to which quarterback can make one or two plays. We've seen Ohio State make one or two plays in a big game, and it was enough to get a miraculous win that they probably didn't deserve. Penn State hasn't been tested on that level at all. So, you know, I think both offenses could really struggle in here, and I'm, I'm leaning towards the team that I at least have a little bit of proof of concept. You know how much I seem to value that. You know, proof of concept in that Notre Dame game gives me I, it gives me the slight leaning towards Ohio State in this one at home. Fake, what you say? Yeah, I agree. But the fact that Ohio State is battle-tested, uh, by the way, the over-under is 45-and-a-half. I'm taking the under on this one. Yep. I don't think either yep. offense lights this up. This is definitely going to be a defensive struggle. I do think, yes, Fitzy is right that Ohio State – has not been very good up front on the offensive line. There are ways that you can at least attempt to scheme around that. Ohio State is just as good defensively. Penn State, you mentioned, doesn't really have a lot of explosive plays out of their offense this year, either on the ground or through the air. And I just think going into a hostile environment like Ohio State can be a lot for a young quarterback, Andrew Aller, who's very talented but just hasn't had to experience that and to Fitz's point, McCord has experienced that at South Bend, made the requisite plays to be able to get them a victory at the end. And so because they're at home, because they do have at least the better skill position players and McCord can get them the ball, I'm going to take Ohio State in a low-scoring game. Yeah, I, that's exactly kind of how I see it. I think it's a great game. I think you got to worry about, if you're Ohio State, you got to worry about turnovers. And uh, because you guys, Fitzy's spot on, that line, I don't know that they can hold up. Penn State's got a great front. So I do think that Ohio State skill people should be the difference to make a play, and it ultimately comes down to Ohio State in a close one. And uh, I also agree with you guys. It's a low-scoring game. Alabama against, and this is another one, Tennessee. Now, Bama's fat line, the line is nine, but – more importantly, you know, Tennessee 5-1, and one, Bama 6-1. and one. Bama, it's amazing how you look around and you go, they only have one loss, which means they're still in it. And Tennessee, if they're able to get a little style, that could bode well for Alabama, Fitzy. Yeah, I feel like if you're Alabama right now, your method is pretty clear. Like, uh, Milrow's gotten better. I, I think we were really hard on Milrow early on in the year for not looking very consistent throwing the football, but he's still not a juggernaut throw. Like, this is a much different offense than we saw with Bryce Young or two or any of those guys. Uh, uh, but this is an offense that's going to rely on Jalen uh, Milrow to run the football, which he does really well. Uh, this is an Alabama offense that is just going to try and beat up Tennessee uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And, and frankly, I look at Tennessee kind of the same that I'm looking at Alabama offensively. Like, 
when Tennessee's had solid quarterback play, they've been pretty good. But shocking, they haven't. You know, it hasn't been consistent. So I have a hard time trusting an inconsistent quarterback against a Nick Saban defense. This Alabama defense, nobody's scoring on them. They haven't played necessarily the toughest opponents in some. But, you know, nobody's scoring on them. So I, I think this is a moment where Alabama's defense can carry them. But if Tennessee can get hot on the offensive side of the ball, then that changes all of this. But what was last year was 52-49. to 49. It feels like this year's way more in the 25 to 22 range. It feels like a close a close game to me. The question is which quarterback is going to be consistent and the answer so far this year, in my mind Vicky, has been neither of them overall. So yeah. I, I think that's what's interesting. Yeah, so it's like which quarterback do you trust more? And honestly, I would trust Milrow more than I trust Joe Milton. Because Joe Milton yeah. has a cannon of an arm. You just don't know where the heck the ball is going to go once he releases it. <laughs> and amazing, to, and to your point, Fitzy, that's a problem against the Nick Saban defense. So, for, really, I could say for that reason alone. Look, no, I wouldn't be surpri- it wouldn't surprise me if this game went either way. And I am very surprised that this game is a nine-point spread in favor of Alabama. Uh, but I trust Alabama's defense more. I can't believe I say I trust Jalen Milrow more than any other quarterback. But I definitely trust him more than Joe Milton. And they've kind of started making a bit of a turnaround when they've actually started using Milrow's feet as a, a, an offense, a legitimate offensive option as a run threat, which is something they didn't do early in the season. So based on that, I like Alabama, though I would like Tennessee to cover the number. Yeah, I, I like, uh, I agree. I think another one that's going to be low scoring. I kind of feel the same way. Uh, let me ask you guys a question because as you go through the card and just looking at you know where we're at, are we uh, are we selling North Carolina short? I mean, where do we feel? How do we feel coming off of last week's win over Miami? They blew out Syracuse. They blew out Pitt. They blew out Minnesota. I mean, again, I know it's not you know a great. These are great schools, but is North Carolina a team that we should watch with one eye, Fitzy? I think so. And I think part of the reason we haven't, honestly, is because last year there were through-the-roof expectations for North Carolina, and they didn't really match that. So, you know, it's funny because we've almost forgotten about Drake May, the college football player. We talk about the draft prospect for Drake May, but, you know, Drake May, 12 touchdowns, four picks this year. He's been really efficient with the football, thrown for a lot of yards. Uh, Amari and Hampton's had some nice games running the football. Like, I think North Carolina, the problem for them is this problem that every team in the ACC faces other than Florida State. There's just not a ton on this that is going to make every, on their schedule that's going to make everybody, you know, jump up and down. Clemson's down this year, not even ranked, right? So that hurts teams like North Carolina. The only ranked opponent left on their schedule after. Uh, after last week is Duke coming up in a few weeks, and we'll see where Duke is by then, right? So it's hard. They're going to have to win with style. They're going to have to win convincingly, uh, but they've done that. I mean, every, every step of the way, and, and I think maybe we undervalued even all the way back to week one beating South Carolina the way they did. I, I think we've just sort of looked at it and been like, oh, that's cute. I think they deserve a little bit more respect than, yeah, that's cute. I don't know that I put them in the same, same stratosphere as Florida State, though. So, you know, I think it's probably fair to say that on the second tier of college football teams, they're one of the, the very good ones. It's just they're not in the same tier to me as the Oklahomas or the Florida States or the Washingtons or the teams that we talked about earlier when we were debating who the top four to six teams are in the country. I don't fully disagree with that, but you saw Tez Walker, the kid who had the controversy surrounding his eligibility, had his first game this 
past week against Miami, had six catches for almost 150 yards. That gives them a giant shot in the arm. Gene Chizik, their defensive coordinator, has turned that thing around after they were terrible last season. They're not great, but they're certainly improved. And look, you, you mentioned they don't have the toughest schedule down the stretch. Momentum is an interesting thing. If they get down to the end of the season and end up playing Florida State uh, in the ACC championship game, based on how they're built with Drake May, with the offensive weapons, with the defense being improved, it would not surprise me at all if they gave Florida State a run for their money when it's all said and done. And if you get a victory over a Florida State team that's ranked in the top four, no. you know, in the five going into championship yeah. weekend, who knows? Whew. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that's could, a hell of a point for like why they could actually upset the world and get into the yeah. college football playoff. I can see yeah. it happening. Then, God, you're you're right. Everything yes. you just said is right. Yes. Yes. All right. Speaking of Florida State, Florida State has Duke, no Riley Leonard. Fitzy, Florida State, a uh, two touchdown favorite, uh continues to uh and this Duke defense is good, but I just don't think that without Leonard they could shock the world, but can they play him tough? Can they give the Seminoles a little bit of a scare? I don't think so. Without Riley, I don't think so. And, yeah. you know, I, the the one thing that I would say is, you know, I'll give Duke credit. I did not believe that they would limit Hartman the way they did it against Notre Dame with explosive plays. They, they had a great game plan. It's very good. But this is where it comes back to part of the reason I keep bringing up the college football playoff is, we all know the rankings are, what, a week and a half away? Uh, Halloween night's the first uh, college football playoff ranking. If you are Mike Norvell in your Florida State, you understand what's in front of you right now, which is the opportunity to make a massive statement. When we get into these games right before the committee meets for the first time, I always feel like teams throttle. They, just, they come in a little bit harder. They want to make a little bit more of a statement. If you're Florida State, you want to make a compelling reason why the committee is going to look at your most recent big game and say, oh, yeah, this team deserves more consideration. I think, I think Florida State's going to come in aggressive and stay aggressive. So even though I think Duke is probably closer to Florida State than a lot of people, want, myself included, want to make them sometimes, this because it's a statement game, I actually like Florida State and I like the points. Yeah, if this game were at Duke, I might feel a little bit differently. Uh, look, I still think Florida State would win, even without Riley Leonard in the mix. What Riley Leonard does, we've talked about this before, he's, he's a really good college quarterback. He's an excellent athlete. If you're a, game, a team like Duke and you're going to win a game like this, you kind of have to ugly it up. You know, Leonard's going to have to run for a lot of yards and get some scrappy. You know, The problem is they just aren't built for that without him in there. So I think Duke holds themselves up, themselves up fairly well for the majority of the game, but eventually I think Florida State's talent just overwhelms them and offensively they won't be able to keep up all right over to pack in the pack 12 last week's great great game washington beats oregon in a thriller all right it was a great game so do you wonder about now washington hangovers washington has arizona state so it's kind of hangover proof and Oregon is a 20-point favorite over Washington State. But is Washington State, is, are they capable of giving a scare to Oregon on the on the hangover piece? Yeah, I don't think so. And Figgy, you tell me if I'm missing something on this, but mm-hmm. uh, what you said earlier about Oregon and the way that they went down in that game, I, I feel like this is the moment where Oregon comes back with the thunder of the gods. And mm-hmm. uh, at this point, knowing what's in front of them and what they're going to have to try and do to still have the season they want to have, I don't think a letdown game is really possible uh, with this. Now, I do think that obviously and, – and I think Dan Lanning's intensity is part of that. Like, I just don't think that he's a letdown type of coach. And 
uh, frankly, he's going to want to make a statement too, given the fact that so many of his decisions in that game have been questioned rightfully. So I, I think you're going to have a, a very focused coaching staff with a very focused team coming in to try and make a very focused statement here. Yeah, I agree. With that team going back home at Alton, you know, a statement game against Washington. This, look, this two weeks ago, this game looked like it would be amazing, but Washington right. State has really fallen off the last couple of weeks, and that offense looked dreadful against Arizona. Uh, so, look, they're smarting a little bit, too. But I, for, for what you said, Fitzy, I'm with you. Oregon is going to come in motivated, have a chip on their shoulder for the remainder of the season. And I think they're going to put it on Washington State this weekend. All right. All right, NFL. Let's go to a couple big games. We got the Chargers and the Chiefs. Chargers need something to kind of rally, to rally them. Uh, great matchup. Another great – should be another great offensive matchup, Fitzy between the Chiefs and the Chargers. I mean, here's the thing. It's a great matchup because I want it to be a great matchup because every year I feel like I, I'm Charlie Brown running after the football when it comes to the Chargers. And this year I tried to dial it back a little bit, but I still don't know how good the Chargers actually are. And I, yeah. that, that's the hard part about this. And the we do Chiefs, know how good the Chiefs are. I, right. Chiefs, are Chiefs are amazing, man. They just the way they come back and defensively. I have all my boy Spags and the job he's done, yeah. man. The thing, oh my yeah. God. And the thing about the Chiefs, don't you feel like there's still another level they can get to on offense? Yeah, like sure. the defense yeah. is carrying them, and the best quarterback in the NFL is doing what he can, but he doesn't have the greatest weapons. They still have time to kind of figure what's going mm-hmm. out on their offensive side. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're 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 banking wins while they're figuring it out. But right. the, if you look at the Chargers this year, and you go all the bit, way back to Week One, in Week One. They lost a weird game at the very end to the Dolphins. It was close. Then they lose a, a weird game at the very end to the Titans. It was close. Uh, not a good team. They win a miracle game against the Vikings. They never should have won. The game against the Raiders got close at the end, and it shouldn't have. And then they lose a close game to the Cowboys. All we know right now is that the Chargers, no matter who they're playing every week, seem to sort of be in it, but not find necessarily. Like, the two times they found a way to win were against two of the teams that I don't think are any good this year, including my beloved Raiders. Like So uh, this just feels like the sort of game. It feels Feels like a get-right game for the Chiefs to me. I I wouldn't be surprised to see the Chiefs win by double digits. Yeah, the Chargers shoot themselves in the foot so often. Yes. How many terribly timed personal foul penalties has Derwin James had? Who, by the way, might not even play on Sunday because he injured his ankle in practice on Thursday, and he was going to be the primary guy to cover Travis Kelsey. So they already are without their starting two free safeties. So they're going to be really hurting in the defensive secondary if Derwin James can't play. And even if he's out there, I agree. I think this could be potentially a get-right game for Kansas City who's going to keep on rolling. And that Charger offense has been struggling. I wasn't a big, a big fan of the Kellen Moore hire. Uh, and so far, uh, it, things really haven't really shown themselves well for them. I, I know Mike Williams getting injured hasn't helped, but – uh, Justin Herbert has not really looked the same these last uh, these last few games uh, for whatever reason. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's Kellen Moore. Maybe it's the broken finger on his non-throwing hand. I don't know what it is. But uh, they certainly should have performed better against uh, Dallas on Monday night. Uh, so I like Kansas City in this one. All right. If, if not Kansas City, then certainly Miami would be the correct answer when it comes to the AFC and perhaps the Eagles again in the NFC. Potential Super Bowl matchup Sunday night, Lincoln Financial Field, South Philadelphia, is a great, great football game. Uh, two high-powered offenses. We'll see if the Eagles offense can get on track a little bit. It's been kind of stalled, Fitzy, and I think two things. One, new OC. I think teams have taken away a lot of the RPR, RPO stuff with Hurts. It'll be interesting, and you look to how the Jets played them. Now, 
this matchup should be electrifying on Sunday Night Football. Uh, this is a great, great prove-it game to figure out where both of these teams are, too, because I'll even throw Miami in this conversation. Like, I was looking at it from a fantasy standpoint. Got a bunch of players. Everybody has a bunch of players in this game. But when you go back and look at the Dolphins this year, their wins have been over terrible football teams. Like, the Dolphins beat the Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Giants, Panthers. None of them are any good. The one time they played a very good team, they got thumped by the Bills. So now I'm looking at this Eagles defense, and I'm saying, okay, well, you know, this is an opportunity for the Eagles to show us all, me included, that we're overvaluing Miami. And then on the other side of the ball, if you're Philadelphia – the Miami defense is not the strength of this team. This is a, a an opportunity to come out and sort of shake off what happened last week. I, you mentioned the new coordinators. I just think coming into the season, a lot of people nationally slept on how important two new coordinators would be. Like, that's not only a new offense and a new defense for everybody involved. It's new personalities in the room. It's new management throughout the course of it on how it's going to be handled. It's it's new for the coaches to get to figure out how they're going to run things. Like, it, all of that new, I, I think that excuses part of why the Eagles have just looked a little out of sync. That stuff can normalize, but man, this game is a, a, a definitely a prove-it game for both sides. As great as it looks on paper, I really think the Eagles can give the Dolphins a challenge. If the Eagles do give the Dolphins a challenge, we're going to have to reassess where we are in this Miami team. 100%, which is why I think it's so much more of a bigger game for Miami than it is for Philadelphia. Because for all the things you mentioned with the new coordinators, you know, injuries on the offensive line, which have crept up, and the defensive line at times for Philadelphia this early part of the season is a factor, too. We kind of know what Philadelphia is and are confident that they're going to be able to figure it out. But to your point, Fitzy, Miami's running all these mediocre teams off the field and the only quality team they've played they got destroyed so I think it's a statement game for them to go on the road on national television and actually show that they're part of the big time and they can they don't even have to win they don't have to win they can go on there and compete with Philadelphia maybe it comes down to a last second field goal but if they go win and lose by 20 points again we're gonna have to start questioning whether or not they're actually a real contender uh, in the AFC it's like the Dallas syndrome yes you get to figure out who the Dolphins are I do think that Miami's live, I, I I worry about from an Eagle standpoint. Their secondary is banged up and really yeah, is, yeah. And their safeties, like you know, you got Hill Waddle, man. I I against a banged up secondary, and you're not going to Jalen Carter's banged up too. So right. they get so much from their defensive line, which helps their back end. Yeah, the old line for the Dolphins is not good. But right. they do a good job of getting rid of the ball so quickly with those fast yeah. guys on the outside. A lot of times it doesn't matter. Yep. But still. We need to also, though, remember everything that Coach just said about the Eagles. Because right now we want to look at everything in a vacuum. And it's like mm-hmm. two new coordinators and banged up all over the place. Like, right. That's just something that it that either figures itself out or it doesn't. That's part of why I'm not panicking for Philly. Like They're either going to be healthy or they're not going to be healthy. And that, there's nothing you can do about that in the process. Yep. All right. We'll come back. We'll visit with the big brain on Brad. Big brain coming up next to take a look at the card for the weekend from a betting standpoint, give you some picks. That's next. We're the fellas right here, Fox Sports Radio. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Today's episode is brought to you by The American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, The American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Ah, fellas, hanging with you on this Fox football Saturday from the TireRack.com studios. Fig, let's uh, do our trending, and then we'll get to the big brain, who I know is upset at the way uh, Rob Thompson managed for the Phillies. (laughs) Oh, well, speaking of which, uh, Arizona did tie the National League Championship Series at two games apiece. You're just leading me right into it, Anthony. Like, what do you want me to do? I mean, (laughs) they defeated Philadelphia 6-5 on Friday night. The D-Packs scored three runs in the top of the eighth, including a two-run home run from Alec Thomas. Game five is tonight at 8 Eastern. Jose Altuve now second all-time in postseason home runs. He had the 26th of his career on Friday night. It was a three-run shot in the top of the ninth, leading Houston over the Rangers 5-4. The Astros swept the three games in Arlington and can close out the series in game six on Sunday night on FS1 at 8 p.m. Eastern. In the NFL Lions running back Jameer Gibbs will play against Baltimore after missing the last two games with a hamstring injury. Deshaun Watson of the Browns is questionable against the Colts with a shoulder issue, though he was a full participant in practice on Friday. The Raiders will start Brian Hoyer at quarterback against the Bears as Jimmy Garoppolo nurses a back injury. College football from Friday night, SMU all over Temple, 55 to nothing. Back to the fellas. Oh, thank you, Figgy. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Big Brain is with us. The Big Brain, Brad Feinberg, one of the great, great handicappers out there. 
Uh, big brain, you're a sportsman to the core. I know you're upset at how that game was managed last night. Yeah, you know it's interesting. Yeah, I, I had a, you know, I look. I had yesterday Texas, which was just an awful loss, and then uh, didn't think it could get much worse. And uh, the Phillies, but it's interesting how the again. I'm much more again. I always say process over result because if the process is good, over time, right? Over time, the result should get there. And I just when I watch Rob Thompson manage, I'm like, where's the plan? He's supposed to be trying to win a World Series. He treats it like he's just trying to win that individual game, like that game is game seven, and there's no ramifications for a future game. And I just, I just, he, he baffles me. I, I, I understand the team's had success, but every single time I watch this guy make big decisions, I, I'm just, I, I, don't, I don't get it even a little bit, Anthony. Well, uh, I'll let Fitzy handle uh, the college football, but I'm going to ask you about the baseball. Right? So, how do you handicap? Yeah. You know, tonight's you got Wheeler and Gallon. Gallon <clears throat> probably will be better. He's at home where he's you know the ball doesn't carry Much, the humidor, the yeah. whole thing. And then uh, take a look at tomorrow's game because that's the Astros are the great vampires of the MLB. Yeah, look, the, well, yeah, for the Astros, I mean, look, what are you going to say? You have to give them – certainly you got to give them credit. I mean, you have to give them credit. Uh, they they were literally done, and they scraped, scraped themselves off the floor. So, again, kudos to them for that. Um, you know, I will say this. For, for Texas, Evaldi's been absolutely really – the last couple of years have been great for them, and Valdez has been struggling quite a bit. Um, I certainly think Texas has a chance there. I really do. Um, Phillies game, Anthony. Yeah, the banning. I guy laying under eight runs for the reason that you said. Um, Gallon, you know, is pitched much better uh, in that ballpark, much better. Um, and Wheeler, I'll say this, Anthony. Last three months of the baseball season, I would say number one, Lake Snell. Number two, Zach Wheeler, maybe three, Garrett Cole, in terms of best pitchers in Major League Baseball. So, you know, I'm going to take a chance that both both these pitchers have some success, and I, I don't think there'll be nine runs scored in this game. I, I just want to say, as a friend to both of you, that I'm so glad there's another game tonight. Like, I'm actually glad there's back-to-back-to-back just because I feel like y'all both – you need the joy of a win, and it's going to happen <laughs> for you. I'm going to give you both – I'm just going to put that into the, the universe. All right, so let's, uh, let's move to college football because i got to get your thoughts on something that we've been talking about all day, and it's this Penn State-Ohio State game, mostly points. Like, when you look at the over-under on this, to me, it's a defensive struggle. What am I missing here? You're not missing anything. It's one of my biggest bets of the week. In fact, I think it's my biggest college bet. I have under – I got 47. I think it's still 45 and a half. Um, and it's – it's uh, it, to me, this is exactly what you said. This, this game to me smells like defensive struggle. Um, look, McCord, it's, I think he's getting way too much credit uh, based on, you know, that, that fortunate comeback – uh, at the end against Notre Dame, um, Penn State again. Their schedule has been. I mean, I they haven't played anyone. Um, but while I do like Lard long term, I have so much respect for Ohio State's defense. Again, to me, I made this total closer to. Honestly, I had this coming in at closer to forty-two. So when I saw 
47, I jumped on it. And even at 45 and a half, I totally see value here. And again, I, I think this is just going to be one of those games that we're just going to see like seven, three halftime. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I think it's be very, very difficult for points to be scored here. I don't, I don't trust either of these offenses against either of these defenses at all. Uh, I think both teams are going to struggle to score. The line's five. You're asking me who I'd play with the line. Lean to the underdog, Nittany Lions. It's a lean. Lean to Penn State. Uh, I think the game will be close. Uh, I think it's going to be like, you know, 2017-17-13 kind of game. Um, I think it's just going to be very close. And, again, I definitely like the under very, very much. It's probably my best play of the weekend. Fitzy, I mean, uh, Brad, we were, Fitzy and I were talking about this. Is Alabama nine, does that line over Tennessee, does that line feel fat to you? You know, look, Alabama's the look credit. You know, again, we talk about the Astros, right? Credit to Saban for writing that shit. But yeah, Alabama's still not a team that I fully trust at all. Um, I Look, I made that line seven and a half, Anthony. So it's it's eight and a half, nine. Lean to Tennessee, not one of my personal bets for the weekend. But Alabama, look, they're playing really well again. And uh, it seems like they made the right quarterback switch finally. And um, I lean for Tennessee for me. But, again, uh, don't fully – I don't really love Joe Milton. Like last week I had Tennessee was my – that was my biggest bet last week, and I got home. But I just – Milton and me and that Tennessee offense are still just far from trustworthy. So I can't quite get there backing them, but I do think it's about a point and a half too high. Real quick before we go to the NFL, uh, USC, what do you do with them after what we saw last week? Well, we talked about it last week. You know, I said over and, and Notre Dame should, I go, you know, Hartman's going to feel like he's facing a high school team, and that's exactly what it was. Now, this game, look, I, I do think on the flip side, this is going to be an easier matchup for USC. I actually think USC, uh, after a couple poor performances, uh, I think they have success in this game. I do. It's less than a touchdown. And uh, Utah has been okay, uh, but they've not been anything great, in my opinion. And I do think USC uh, will, again, my numbers made this closer to seven and a half against less than a touchdown, seven being such a key number. Uh, I do like USC to bounce back here. Caleb Williams probably had the first uh, struggle he's had in his career last week. Uh, I don't think Utah uh, is good enough to, to beat this team. I do think USC, even with a weak, weak, weak defense, will win this game. And uh, I'll say they went by 10, 11 points. I bet Bradley, uh, curious, tomorrow night, what a game. Dolphins-Eagles, Sunday night football, potential Super Bowl matchup. Who do you like? I bet Philadelphia it's one of my favorite NFL games of the week. You're laying less than a field goal. Look, I, I give McDaniel a lot of credit. I think he's been amazing scheme-wise. Dolphins have a poor offensive line and kind of eliminated that how he just calls his plays. Uh, credit to him and how he runs everything. Um, but again, I Miami, you know, you look at what they've done. They've beaten some, and again, I'm giving him a lot of credit. I actually like this team and I love their offense. But they, the one time they faced uh, an opponent that really could really hang with them, you know, when they went on the road to Buffalo, they got exposed a little bit defensively. I think the Eagles, after that loss, uh, I think that was one of the keys. If I'm Miami, I'm upset that they lost that game to the Jets because I think we're going to get an ultra-focused Philadelphia team at home 
think Miami's maybe getting a tad too much respect here. Again, I made this line. I thought it should be closer to at least three. I really did. You know, it opened at one and a half. You could still get two and a half. Uh, I like Philadelphia here, Anthony. They're going to get some guys back as well. Um, and I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a big game passing the ball, you know, for everyone prop-wise, stuff like that. I think that he's going to have a lot of success. And I think the Eagles are going to have a lot of success against that Miami secondary. Is there another game on the slate today that they're over the weekend that you're looking at thinking, man, everybody's getting this one wrong? Well, I do like a couple, you know, I, look, I, I will say this. Look, Oklahoma's been a team I've been backing. I think they've been amazing for me. But I actually think UCF is getting 18 points is too high. Their, miss, their quarterback, John Reese Plummer, is back. I think we're buying UCF at the low point. They lost three in a row, putting an awful loss to Baylor. We're getting Oklahoma maybe a little bit fat and happy after the huge win over Texas. Um, I thought that line should have been a little bit lower. I, I do think UCF getting that many points is, you know, is live. And then, look, South Carolina is a team that's got this team's loss some really close, tough games. Um, I like them this week getting a seven and a half points. Um, I think that they can actually win the game outright. Now, now I respect uh, Missouri quite a bit. I really do. Um, I think this is a game that is going to be very, very close. And getting seven and a half points, for again, I think these teams are much closer in my power rankings than what the market's making. I actually made this line closer to four. So this was Again, one of my other big bets with South Carolina getting seven and a half points. Uh, I think that this is going to be a tight game. A lot of respect for South Carolina, but I'm uh, sorry, a lot of respect for Missouri. But I say this game is going to be like more of a, you know, much more of a barn burner, very close game. Giving me over one score, I like the game Cox here quite a bit. Wow, I, I like it. All right, listen, great stuff as always. Big brain. So one of our listeners, Tooch, said, how do I get a hold of the big brain? Yeah, again, look, I, I yeah, go to Brad's Best Bets. Brad's Best Bets on Twitter. You can get all my stuff. Brad's Best Bets on Twitter. Uh, again, and just, again, want to keep winning for people, and that's what I've been doing. And I want to uh, keep saying, again, it's it's not easy to do this. It's, it's really difficult. But, again, in baseball, I'm 77 and 44 right now. Uh, so get all my baseball plays, all my football, all my futures, everything brad's best bets on twitter and i appreciate anthony good luck to everyone out there and you still, uh, you still like the phillies in the series well look Anthony, i don't need to tell you i mean it's the best of three right i mean it's, it's, it's random as random yes i mean so uh yeah they should win but again it's the best of three but i will say that arizona to me is far and away the worst of these four playoff teams but again it's in a small sample size maybe they get away with it the phillies should win anthony but again thompson just <laughs> really hurt their team in my opinion. Oh, and I, I know. I, I, just, I, I know. I mean, anyone who watched the Phillies this year, I just Frank Kimball is not a guy I ever trusted ever. And yeah. yeah. I, but again, he's the manager. So yeah, yeah, I got you. Thank you, brother. We appreciate. Appreciate you, you guys. Good luck, Thanks, brother. There he is, the big brain. We'll come back and we'll wrap it up. We'll find out what the fellas are watching this weekend. And uh, wish you a great day. Fellas, right here on Fox Sports Radio. The Astros down 4-2. to two, The pitch. And Altuve hits it in the air pretty deep to left. Carter is back at the wall. Leaves. And it is gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Jose Altuve. 
Wow. That is our progressive play of the day. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, your RV, your boat, your ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right. Uh, by the way, Patrick, thank you for not throwing me under the bus and making a Phillies walk-off. I, Patrick is true blue, Fitzy. Redemption. I mean, it, I don't know. Like, there, There's this moment here where can you redeem yourself from starting the show by uh, just – I mean, it was kind of an adversarial start. I'm just saying, like – you know, cousin here was in his fields. He, you know, I heard Cavino and Rich the other day on Fox Sports Radio talking about how much grace period is there supposed to be after a big loss before you can really like go at your friends. And you know, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Patrick. Uh, Patrick came out and the, he was throwing the first throwing the first punch. Cousin, I I, I think I think yeah. you were you were I admirable today. Rich, by the way, yeah, yeah, great dudes, great dudes. Yeah, I you know, but he but he came back strong. Uh, I he ended like it's full circle, right? So, okay. you know, he's got all my love and forgiveness. I got no, I got no beef. I got See, no we beef. We started with the him. show with beef and we ended with hugging cats. Like this yeah, is the way yes, the, the life yes. works. Come on, correct, now. correct. No beef, hugging cats. All right, time now. What are we watching this weekend? All right, what the fellas are watching, Patrick? What are you watching this weekend, my man? I'll tell you what, cuz, I'm watching my Seattle Seahawks go against the Arizona Cardinals this Sunday. Hopefully we get the W, even with or without DK Metcalf due to injury. I'm going with the Seahawks. Going with Seahawks? You should. I mean, that Arizona team, you know, plucky early. But you, I, I mean, I got to believe Seattle wins that game. Mighty Mark, who's only half a creep. Mighty Mark, we love you. What are you watching this weekend? Thank goodness. Let's see what the latest <laughs> Bear quarterback will do, and we'll uh, oh, I'll follow watch up. That and, game? Well, I'll just oh. I'll just find out. I'll probably watch just the the highlights and see what happened. Just you know, watch that and uh, see what the Phillies do. Oh my God, that I, I feel for because you know most of the show will be in on that game. It's Raiders and Bears, and of course Figgy right. and Fitzy. Degenerate Raiders fans and, and Mighty Mark Chicago all the way is a Bears fan, and I just go, I feel for you. But all three, y'all. I don't know. Mighty Mark says he's going to watch the highlights. I think there's only going to be highlights of Max Crosby taking him down. So you know, you may not have what? to watch any highlights. On no. I'm talking my talk. I'm ready for four and three, baby. I'm ready. Well, just hoping that Tyson Badgett from Shepherd's College doesn't, you know, light up the Raiders secondary for 500 yards. I don't see it happening. But <laughs> you see. that's a DFS play. Yeah, no doubt <laughs> from exactly. Shepherd's Pie. Yeah, I love. <laughs> <laughs> Figgy, what are you watching, man? Oh, you know, I have my eye on that one, but I mean, obviously, I got to watch the baseball. I got to see what uh, what happens tonight in game uh, in game five, pivotal game five, they call it in the NLCS. As I'm sure you'll be on pins of needles watching every mm. single second and living and dying with every single pitch and every single Rob Thompson decision. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, actually, I'm worried too. I, honestly, between us yeah. and the trust tree, mm. I'm worried because I think Gallon, who gave up some big shots at Citizens Bank Park, will pitch better at home. And it's going to be one of those on edge games. 
Fitzy, what are you watching, man? Well, I mean, I'm going to watch the Raiders early, but we won't count that. I mean, we've all buried the lead here. It's it's Dolphins, it's Eagles. It's that Sunday night football game is one of the rare ones that you look at and say, we're actually going to watch great football, and we're going to learn about the the teams in the process. This, this That's chef's kiss to that Sunday night football matchup. Eagles will be wearing the Kelly green, the throwback color. Oh, love it. Which, is, which I love. Yes. Oh, man, it's going to be fun. Great sports weekend as always. The NBA starting the whole thing. We love you guys. All right. Have a great week. Fellas are out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.